Uh, lost my phone charger and it's almost out of power. Better summon a spirit to help. Not the water spirit, not the air spirit. Ah, of course, the musical spirit will generate a note at just the right pitch. Yeah, it did, but it also blew out every window in a three-block radius. Why won't Apple let me use more common chords? Now a podcast so grand. Whoa! So magnificent and so vast, it spans from the laid-back wind right up through yesteryear. No way! Yes way! But it starts with Phil. How do you choose the best equipment? And Mike. The one that looks the best, dude! Phil, Mike, this is really quite simple. Unless you get an A-plus on your final oral report in video game history tomorrow, I have no choice but to flunk the boat of you. Two epic airheads. Mike, we are in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow. One time-traveling telephone booth. Uh, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. I'm here to help you with your history report. Who knew the history of video games could be such an excellent adventure? Yo, dude, I have experience bar. How do I get experienced? It's like when you learn stuff for a long time, you know? Oh, oh, look, Mike. Okay, let's check it out. Hey, who is this old dude? It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Hey, excuse me, old dude. Do you know if there's any bogus bosses of historic significance here? How's it going, ugly pixelated dude? These are your hosts, Philip Willis. Those are some hot magic slinging babes. And Mike Minky. It's a gaming report, not a babe report. And all kinds of games from RPG Backtrack. You guys are really us. What game are we thinking of? Shining Force, dude! Dudes! This is Phil and Mike's Excellent RPG Backtrack. Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your RPG-loving host and feel the power! It's the WWE Backtrack! Yes, it is! Boom! Backtrack rocks. Backtrack rocks. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Uh, Apps and I watch way too much wrestling, and this was WrestleMania weekend, and, and so we are very hyped, even if half of it sucked. We still loved it. Uh, no, this is really the RPG uh, backtrack, and this really is episode number 164, Beyond the Legend. I really am one of your hosts, Phil Willis, and the other host, Mr. Mike Miki, is on the mic. I am. I cannot speak to wrestling. I, um, I'm i sorry, I just haven't gotten into it. And um, th- There's nothing left to say about this. And we also have Roman Reigns' biggest fan on the line with us today, Mr. Michael Lapps. I think you have me confused with someone else. <laughs> if you're also a Roman Reigns fan, feel free to hook up with Mr. Apps. He's Ask Wheels on Twitter. He was the one who was tweeting all that whole that last 30 minutes. Go, Roman Reigns. He was tweeting it like every 30 seconds. It was insane. Uh, I'll tell you what I did tweet was an animated GIF of the time Kurt Angle sprayed milk on a bunch of people. And... It- and someone hacked in, instead of milk, a bunch of Roman Reigns' heads and replaced Kurt Angle with Vince McMahon. 
Good times. Uh, well, we will probably save a few minutes on the uh, final lap today to to talk a little bit about wrestling because that is what we do—the kitchen sink stuff. But we know that people download this podcast to hear us talk about RPGs, so we like to put that front and center. And we're going to do that when we talk about uh, a couple of games today. What do we call this officially? Is it the Oasis Duology? Well, for, for whatever reason, they were called the story of Thor in Japan and Europe. I, that's that's actually not a bad name, is right? Well, uh, so uh, the, the 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 story of Thor games, known here uh, as uh, Beyond Oasis and Legend of Oasis, or I have hereby dubbed it the Oasis Duology. Um, that is what we're going to be talking about today. And if you had a Sega Genesis or, uh, um, wasn't it on, uh, Saturn? What else? Saturn? Yeah. Then yeah. You, you might have dipped your toe in these, the waters of these oasis in the desert well, one of the of Genesis. Well, one of them is much easier to play now than the other one. I, I can't imagine which one it could be. Hmm. Could it be? There's one console Sega keeps repackaging for every possible venue now, and another that it just, does it's very very hardest to ignore ever existed until people drag it out of the company but we sega fans know nothing about this i'm sure it's all it's all under the rug so we're going to be talking about a couple of those games and uh it's going to probably be a little bit of a shorter podcast tonight depends on how long the uh, final lap goes and all the wrestling talk talk <laughs> that will be talked just as mike falls asleep okay we're gonna we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back after these commercial messages Welcome back, and we're going to kick off our main event. This is the main event where we focus on a game or a series, and we tear into all the juicy bits and details. We just dive right into it, and uh, we're going to start off with Beyond Oasis, and as Mike mentioned, this one was known in Japan as the story of Thor, Hikari Wu Sugomono. Or something along those lines. I probably just I probably just said a few swear words there in Japanese. I apologize. This was developed by Ancient, published by Sega, released on the Sega Mega Drive and Genesis Virtual Console. Originally released in Japan on December twelfth, nineteen ninety four, and later on in North America on March fifteenth, nineteen ninety five. Released on the Virtual Console. March 19, 2007. This is a single-player action-adventure role-playing game. And I know it's also on Steam as part of the Genesis collection. Genesis does what Nintone. The Sega Genesis and Mega Drive's classics collection, to be precise. I believe it's also in the Genesis collection for PS3 and 360. Probably. Sonic's Ultimate something. Ultimate Genesis collection? Yeah. Well, when once Sega has started putting a game into collections, it's just it's harder to take it out than to keep it in. I think. Yeah. W- once you got that emulation good, why not just keep them all together? Well, except for Streets of Rage, because uh, I think on the PS2 that would have bumped the rating up to uh, whatever 
whatever the rating above uh, e-, e-, e is, and I can't remember what that is right now because e- I don't follow the ratings. <laughs> e, do they still have like an E10 plus or something like that? No, I th- it was whatever the rating for uh, 13 is, 13 and above. Teen? Not mature. Teen, there we go. Okay. Right, because yeah. as you know, by playing Streets of Rage, you just look at it and go, oh, well, you, you got to be over over 12 to get that game. <laughs> anyway, Beyond Oasis. Um, well, this is definitely an action RPG with a heavy focus on the action, because I don't think anybody who comes to this expecting a deep, substantive story is going to get one. No. What was the story again? Uh, okay, you, you are Prince Ali... Yes, you are Prince Ali, though you are blonde instead of... Must not sing, must not sing, must not sing. I think everyone can supply that song on their own. Yeah, that's true. And you have found a golden armlet in a cave around your kingdom. And uh, you go back to town, and you're really happy. Man, I thought this this is a really neat armlet. I'm supplying my own dialogue because Ali never says anything. (laughs) And what do you know? He gets into town off the boat and... Oh no! Evil guys have showed up! And Ali just whips out his knife and kicks the crap out of him. And then he goes to the castle and meets his sister and his dad. And Dad the King says, Son, you have just found a very important armlet. You can use it to summon the spirits of our land. Go do that. So you go and find all four spirits and you learn that, oh, these evil people who have showed up, uh, they're, they're just evil. They are in the service of the the one wearing the silver armlet. Ooh. <gasps> And the silver armleted person might just be your long Ali's long lost sister, and you would never, you would probably not know that unless you had read the manual or waited through the entire intro. I think if you tried to space this game's text out over two whole pages, you would have a lot of blank spots. <laughs> there really isn't much, but the silver armlet wants to revive the evil Agito. And eventually you beat the crap out of the silver armleted person, and then you beat the crap out of Agito, who is slowly reviving. And your sister realizes what she's done, and she doesn't want to come back, because even though she was controlled by the evil silver armlet, she just feels really guilty about it, and she uh, just goes off and hides somewhere. Oh yeah, and Dad died. It's always hard to watch a character you've come to know and care so deeply about, because he had all of about three lines, die, but he does. And your sister got kidnapped because she's a princess, and this is the time when that's what princesses did. Uh, I don't think I'm leaving much out here. No. I think about half of the text is each time you get a spirit, it goes through, here is what the spirit can do. It uses the same control scheme for all of them. It involves the A button, but gosh, you know what? Each of them does a different thing. So, yeah, that's... Don't go into this expecting a, a grandiose because you won't get one. But that's okay. Well, yeah, this is from a time when, especially if it's an action game, you didn't necessarily need to have reams of exposition regarding every enemy you fight and why you happen to be at this particular place and what this particular place's function in the world economy has been and will continue to be for the next couple of decades. (laughs) Or maybe you do, apparently. So yeah, you fight. Overhead view, and Ali jumps a lot, and boy, is he a nasty kicker. Yes. And you get some different weapons, but if I'm not if I'm not mistaken in remembering, all the other all the weapons except your basic dagger have like a 
durability limit or something like that? They do. You get long swords, you get bows and arrows, and you get bombs, and all of them have durability that wears down, but they're frequently enough found that you can experiment and not feel like, oh crap, it's my only bow, I'll never be able to use it again. And you do need the bomb sometimes because that allows you to press a switch that you can't quite reach. Yeah. There, there is a bit of light puzzling in, in this game. I mean, more, so, it... more so in the follow-up, but that's uh, another discussion. Yeah, here it, re- it usually revolves around our old friend getting the key. <laughs> if you've never played a video game in which you have to get keys, um, you have led a very specific life. Bless you. Because <laughs> what do you know? You're going to go through dungeons, and they're going to have a lot of locked doors, and you've got to fulfill a lot of interesting conditions in order to get the keys to open those doors. So at least it's not cruel enough to make each door have only one particular key that will open it. Yeah. And there are annoying spots with bottomless pits, our favorite in overhead jumping stuff. Yay! Boy, I love it. I especially loved the boss that was surrounded by the bottomless pit. Oh, wasn't that one of the later bosses, too? Yeah, he's with the... I forget where he is. I just remember I eventually got fed up with trying to get onto the platforms and then immediately being knocked down by the enemies he summoned, so I just took the cheap route. I used a bow, I got onto the... I got onto a platform, shot him once, and then backed off and killed whatever he had summoned. It, t- it took a while, but I did kill him. Hey, it's not cheating. You're using the weapons in the game. It's all good. And I almost ran out of bow shots by the time I was done, so it was a near run. <laughs> um, look, the spirits are what kind of what make this game unique, aside from the fighting. So let's let's go through them. Yeah, Ditto. Ditto is your water spirit. She heals you. She can be summoned by casting your summons at something with water. And if that's a drip that's falling from the ceiling, boy, is that annoying because you have to time it just right. <laughs> uh, it's still, it's cool that it works like that. It I'm, is. I'm credit for that. And I guess it's neat for the Genesis in particular that we're dealing with somewhat realistic water physics that are not entirely <laughs> predictable. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, this game looks really nice for the Genesis. It really does. They, the sprite work is fantastic. Uh, ditto. She can heal you. And what do you know? Water can put out fires. Sometimes <sighs> you need to do that. What is this annoying column of flame in my path? Oh, I will summon Ditto. Ditto put out the fire. I can move through. That That's not a very complicated puzzle, but you will see it. Usually the puzzle is probably, I need to find some water, and where is it? Yeah, and usually that revolves around, dang it, I'm too high up to make my summons reach the river below me. How do I get down? Something like that effect. <laughs> then there's Efreet, who looks like a gin. I, I really, no, he he does kind of look like the genie, just red. <laughs> so he looks like Jafar genie. <laughs> and what do you know? He's fiery. So he can burn things. Complex. He can also run around and punch things if you don't give him any orders. That's that's kind of nice. Yeah, and it's it's kind of entertaining too. Oh, and the the system for summoning these things is actually kind of unique. If you don't have a spirit, you can just press the A button and you'll try to summon something. And if your summons beam of energy hits anything that can produce a spirit, you'll get it. That spirit will just pop right out and help you. 
and then it'll just hang around until you either send it away or you run out of magic points. So imagine, as you can imagine, you get ditto from water, Efreet from fire, and you get shade from shadows, which is kind of annoying because that means you have to figure <laughs> out what has a shadow and what doesn't. <laughs> yeah, definitely the most annoying of the bunch. I didn't realize that casting into a mirror would actually produce shade, but I, I guess it makes sense. It just requires me to think harder about the environment design than I think I was supposed to, because yeah. I can clearly see that the platforms have shadows. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of an interesting element just to, I guess, make the uh, graphical design uh, actually consideration when normally you know it's the area you're walking through you know no big deal and they hear oh dripping water that's can I summon can I summon ditto from that yeah uh, that's, yeah that's one thing I always thought was pretty cool about this game like it was nothing else I played that anything like this was a real consideration I don't I don't think anything has yet done that again actually I don't think so uh, Shade what does he do he stretches, which is do it. You know what? Okay, I'll I'll buy that. Shadows do that, and he gets you across gaps because that's not what shadows usually do, but that's what you do in this game. So awesome. And last is Bo, who looks just like Audrey from Little Shop of Horrors, and usually just eats things. <laughs> but he also breaks gates open because he's a really he's a really tough plant, I guess. I I think they kind of ran out of ideas with the plant guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he can break open barriers to your progress, and that's that's about it. You you don't want to go into a fight with him. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. But what summon him? What summons him is uh, is pretty obvious. Any yeah, pretty much, pretty much anything green you find will summon him. It's interesting in dungeons. <laughs> it is. And that brings me to, you know, this game is pretty short. I, I played through it for the first time in about eight hours total, according to my clock. But it's got a pretty good variety of enemies. It does. And you, you, you really have to use the different spirits uh, effectively as well. Although uh, having a freak just hang around normally works pretty well. And it's always fun to watch him just, like, punch random enemies. It is. But he he's also prone to just hanging out in a corner for a few seconds too long while you're trying to kill this other thing. Yeah. What, meanwhile, if you have Ditto, you can call upon her to heal you, which is something that never really becomes useless. <laughs> no, no. Uh, thinking back, I probably used Ditto uh, more than the other ones, and not just because she uh, she's the first one you get either. Well, it's hard to beat healing. Yeah, especially in a game like this where combat is ever present. Yeah, any any individual enemy you can probably handle. They're they're not particularly brilliant, but when they come at you in groups and they're sometimes cheap little jerks, you, you're going to need to be healed. Yeah. Although it is pretty free with healing items too, so you just pick up that cheese that the rat dropped and eat it. Mm. Yeah, there there are rats with staffs, Gabe beat you with their staffs. That's <laughs> that's different. And they have spikes like a hedgehog for some reason. <laughs> and the fish in the river will try to kill you. They jump out and try to bite your face off. Mean fish. 
Uh, and that leaves the bosses, I believe. Yes. Well, let's see. There's the big rock thing. Jerk. Ugh. Because it bounces all over the room. Yeah, the bosses are no walk in the park. There's the gigantic turtle head, I think. All you can see is its head, and you have to hit its tongue whenever that pops out. <laughs> No, it, it it is big enough that the head by itself is taking up most of the screen. Um, there's the big spider thing you fight first. There's um, Silver Armlet, which is Silver Armlet is a jerk because Silver Armlet will summon other enemies to get in your way. And the final boss, actually, when I look, it, depending on how long you take to kill the final boss, it gets harder. It starts re- it starts regenerating itself, and if you don't wail on it fast enough, then it will actually fully regenerate and turn into a gigantic demonic thing that will pound the crap out of you with the greatest of ease. So oh, I think I remember this, and I'm pretty sure that happened to me too. <laughs> well, yeah, it won't take damage until you go kill all of its tentacles that are growing in the swamp nearby, and of course those tentacles are springing out other things that will get in your way. It's not the best situation for speed. No... Um, and let's see here. You get enemies sometimes drop hearts that increase your HP by all of two, but that adds up. And they disappear if you stand there too long, or an enemy is getting in your way and you can't get to the heart, so that will annoy. Well, it does. Yeah, it's pretty annoying. <laughs> and there's a map you can bring up at any time, which will conveniently display your next destination, and you know what? You don't even always get that now, so it's nice. It's nice, and it's not like, you know, it's not like it draws you a complete nice little path. So you do have to find your way there, but it's nice to kind of have like a general idea of where you need to go, because uh, you won't prevents a lot of aimless wandering. It's not a huge island you're on, but it is big enough that you can, yeah. If you just feel like aimlessly wandering, you can do that. I think there are some secrets you can track down too. Can't remember exactly what. Probably some special weapons or something. I believe you are right. I don't remember finding them because I yeah. was finishing it quickly, but you can get weapons that don't break. <laughs> Which is nice. Yeah, the, the uh, dagger does its job, but you might want that extra reach from the sword sometimes. Yeah. The sword really does have a lot a nice reach, but you know you can do a lot with the dagger, and it's nice that there's like a lot of different moves you can actually perform. So it's not just like mindlessly bashing the attack button. No, if you try that, it'll work if you get an enemy in a corner, but most of the time, it'll it's a lot slower than you can be. Yeah, combat is really good in this game and uh, requires your attention. Uh, which I think definitely has given it a lot of its lasting appeal. You know, the, the spirits are nice and everything, but I think if combat was just like bad and you know the main, just the spirits were the main thing, it wouldn't have really worked out well. But as a whole, your the moves you have, in addition to having a spirit wandering around for you, it just uh, it fits, it fits really well. And uh, yeah, I'm surprised no one's ever really tried to emulate this game because it, it's. Uh, I think it's something that some, if someone tried to do something like this now, they can do all kinds of crazy things like this. You know, like a bunch of different spirits, uh, like upgradable spirits, uh, do uh, lots of complex equipment and things like that. Uh, 
Yeah. Another Sega series that uh, <laughs> ended before before its no, prime. No. Too, too early to say that. We'll have to talk about the other game before we can get to that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, and, and again, the jump kick is extremely effective. Lots of enemies that will block you if you try and hit them on a straightaway will somehow forget that your jump kick is very dangerous. <laughs> I will say that the Genesis controller limits it a bit to me just because when you duck, you can't get up and immediately duck. You have to stand for a second first before you can duck again. Yeah. And with short enemies, that's a pain. Yeah. And it it does take you a second to get back up after you're knocked down, and you have to get right back up and be standing before you can duck again. So that's... It doesn't sound that annoying, right? But after you've gone through a couple of dozen enemies that are really short and you need to duck to swipe at them, it will annoy you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is really a game that could have used... Uh... What was the six-button controller on Genesis called? Yeah. It really could have benefited with the six-button control as its primary method, I think. The primary is the key, because yeah. on on the, the Steam version, which I played recently, I, I have played it on Genesis, but I, my Genesis is tucked away at the moment, so I played the easiest version to get. Um, it has six-button control enabled. Let, let's face it a Logitech controller has enough buttons to accommodate the Genesis, no matter yeah. what. And the other three buttons are used for, let's see, you can bring up the map at any point without having to go into the submenu. You can bring up your weapon select, and you can bring up the the curative items whenever you, without going deeper into the menu. So that's nice, but that's all they used the six of the extra oh. buttons for. That's disappointing. It is, kind of. And... Because you can't save in dungeons, but you can save anywhere on the overworld, I think that's why if you die in a dungeon, you get kicked right back to the beginning of it. No no consequence, except that everything you did is undone. Mm. Which, you know, for some of the... I mean, none of the dungeons in this game are labyrinthine by RPG standards of everything. But they are certainly big enough that you'll have to spend a while redoing your stuff if you manage to screw up and die near the end. Hmm. It's it's just that it's just the way it is. Yep. But hey, at least you don't get tossed back to the title screen. Yeah, that would be yeah, that would stink. <laughs> um and yeah, this this game does look really good. Seriously. I mean, and the uh, Genesis had a bad rap compared to the Super Nintendo, but this could have been done on the Super Nintendo and I don't think anybody would have complained. You're not using the system to its potential. <laughs> No, definitely not. You know, I think it's unfortunate that there's a lot of kind of poor-looking Genesis games for whatever reason, but if you look at the games that use it to its full extent, you know, it, it could, you know, it did just fine. You know, look at the later Sonic games, those look great. You, know? I, you can find tons of really good-looking Genesis games. Uh, Gunstar Heroes, that game looks yeah. awesome. Uh, 64 simultaneous codes, are you sure? <laughs> I mean, if we're talking, like, the sound chip, then uh, you probably have a better complaint. But graphic-wise, the Genesis was fine. It could do what you needed it to do. As powerful as the Super Nintendo? No, but that that's okay. Yeah, because you don't need the game to look and sound great and then play like a piece of crap. That's yeah. helping no one. Uh, and speaking of sound, we have to touch For Yuzo Koshiro music. That man has written some awesome video game music. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this Beyond Oasis' music is awesome. 
Not really. <laughs> I, I appreciate what he was going for. He's trying to do some kind of film score-esque thing where each piece of the of the land has a different atmosphere to its score. And it kind of works. You know, each place does sound a little different, but it's not memorable. No, I think, yeah, I think there's some memorable pieces at times and kind of just like the overall sound to it. But it wasn't, never really terrible, just, you know, not not the best. And let's face it, the Genesis, again, its sound hardware is probably not what you want to be using if you're trying to make horn or string sounds. Those generally don't work so well out of the Genesis. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> but this does have a really wide variety of sound effects. It does. You know, like I mean, the, the different summoning sounds for the the spirits, the sounds they make, enemy sounds, lots of stuff. There are a good eight or nine different death screams from just your human-type enemies. Yeah. <laughs> and there's that thing which lots of game of developers at the time thought that you had to have because you were stupid. If your life or your MP gets low, you get an alarm noise, and it won't shut up until you cure it. <laughs> Made famous by The Legend of Zelda. <sighs> yeah, it's pretty much... It's a different alarm noise, but it's an alarm noise. Oh, and it get, it increases in frequency the closer you get to being empty. Isn't uh, that great? People, you did not... Listen, The Legend of Zelda was awesome. You didn't have to copy every single element of it. Especially that one. That one, most of all. Well, they did. Uh, Thanks, Ancient. That was... I guess you had to make sure that when the Genesis was getting an action RPG, it emulated every possible thing you <laughs> could throw in. Yeah, despite that, this is a quick, easy. This is a quick game to play through. It's really impressive. Not so much if you compare it to action RPGs now. I mean, visually, but it it has a unique feel that, aside from its sequel, I just can't think of anything else which has done it. I honestly and, don't think there is anything. <laughs> And it's partially the combat and partially the spirit system because both of those don't really feel like anything else out there. And yeah, yeah I, I can't think of a whole lot else to say about it without just going through a fact and going, through, oh yeah, this part was cool. Yeah. That part was cool. But I mean, I think the closest comparison would be like Secret of Mana, but I mean, you play both of those for a few minutes and it's very clear they're nothing alike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if that's the closest you can come up with, then we can immediately say they are both action RPGs, which you... doesn't narrow it down much. <laughs> yeah. They both have a free. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, are you ready to look at the next one? Are we ready to go on to... I think you are. I yeah. think you're ready. I think that, you're ready for port... The Legend of Oasis. Developed by Agent, published by Sega, this was uh, released on the Saturn in North America on November 30th, 1996. Another action RPG experience, single player, but two player mode with a Wikipedia says. I've played that before. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> I did not play that. Well, okay, Legend of Oasis. I think this has been experienced by fewer people than Beyond Oasis for some reason. Uh, I wonder why. But Yeah, we know that Sega has been nothing but proud of the Saturn's games and has tried to make them as available for everyone as possible. 
That's right. We've all played um, Panzer Dragon Saga by this point, right? We, we've all played the entirety of Shining Force 3, as mm-hmm. we sh- definitely should, everyone. Shining the, Holy, Shining the Holy Ark, a widely played classic. Indeed. Everyone knows how similar and yet superior it is to Shining in the Darkness. That's right. Albert Odyssey. Shining in the Darkness. Albert Odyssey. Working Designs classic. Um, Magic Knight Ray Earth. Awesome game. Still have never seen the anime. <laughs> read, the, read the manga instead. It's faster. Um, I, I gave up on Mystaria once upon a time, but I could always go back to it. Is that the one that um, they had to change the name? Yes, it was. Oh gosh, it wasn't always Mystaria. It was. Uh, I forget. Or <laughs> is Mystaria the original one, and then they changed it to something else? I, I cannot remember it. I'll come up with an answer in a minute. But if I remember Let's correctly, see. the game wasn't very good anyway. Blazing Heroes. There we go. That's that's it. And we we can't forget all the wonderful Japanese releases for the Saturn because anybody who was a Saturn-only gamer came to rely upon those. But, oh. Oh, yes. Oh, Dragon Force. How did you forget that? Uh, I don't know. That's sad. Probably because I was doing my best not to remember that I haven't played Virtual Hydlide, <laughs> which is, is that, a Saturn exclusive. Isn't that a good thing? <laughs> Maybe. I... I try not to judge games without playing them, even when I can see the footage and know what I'm missing and think, oh, gosh, I'm probably better off without that. (laughs) I think I I had a copy of that game or saw a copy of the game for cheap, looked at a review of it, and was like, nope. Come on. It it reaches rates of up to five frames a second in spots. (laughs) Don't you want that? Um, no. With a digitized actor for the lead. Uh, anyway, distracting us from the wonder Saturn is, uh, of Legend of Oasis. Ah, Legend of Oasis. Which does have more plot than Beyond Oasis. Uh, it didn't have a, it still didn't have a ton of dialogue, right? I it did don't not. A ton of dialogue. <laughs> it, it's got a, probably triple the amount of dialogue in Beyond Oasis, maybe even quadruple. But we're still judging, oh, instead of a pamphlet, you've handed me uh, a double-sided pamphlet. <laughs> How nice. <laughs> so you are Leon. Leon is a really good fighter in this one town. And you found the golden armlet. This is a prequel to Beyond Oasis, by the way, which only matters at the end when it's setting up Beyond Oasis, but there's that. And Leon is told by his trainer... I think his name is Orson. See, there's an there's an NPC with a name in this game. No, there's another NPC with a name in this game. I, we are truly plundering a, ca- a cavern of riches story-wise here. <laughs> uh, Orson just says, "Here, you're you're good enough. You got the armlet. Go recruit Ditto from the labyrinth that is for some reason underneath our town." And he goes and does it and gets Ditto. And then, oh no, evil is afoot. What is going on in our land? And, oh no, it's time to go recruit the other five spirits. Not three, five. Yeah, these other two spirits, I guess they just went into hiding for Beyond Oasis. Nobody ever mentioned them again. (laughs) So you go get Efreet again. You go get Bau, not Bo. And this time, instead of just breaking things open, the plant can eat things. Yay! You can summon him and have him eat 
an iron ball that is almost the entire size of the screen. <laughs> and then you get Brass, the music spirit. And he's not that useful except for breaking open crystals, but um, he's different. When you hold it, when you have him do his special charge attack, he actually turns into a trumpet. <laughs> and most of the time he looks like Quetzalcoatl. Hey, this, it was pretty fun. Weird, but fun. Yeah. Then you get Shade again, and then you get the last spirit, Errol, who looks... Honestly, she kind of looks like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and the Pillsbury Doughboy had a baby with Kirby. <laughs> and you can use her as a flying carpet, which is neat. And... Um, Sorry, that he- just put a whole new world into my brain. <laughs> Well, there are worse things. <laughs> you could be thinking of... No, I'm not, I'm not going to do a Disney yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, because whatever you say is going to become stuck in my head. I guarantee you. Be prepared. Uh, be um, prepared. <laughs> so in between getting each of the spirits, a little plot event will happen in town. There will be a mysterious black-haired woman named Myra who shows up. And there's apparently some prophecy that she's evil or something, and people don't trust her, but Ditto cures her anyway, and Myra tells you that Agito is being revived again. Oh, and Agito, he's not alone this time. He's got three servants, and they have maybe two lines each before you kill them at the end. <laughs> but they do. They are there. Um, what else? And eventually Myra vanishes, and it is revealed that she may have been a servant of Agido all along. When you fight her at the end, I, I hope I'm not spoiling anything. I I know everybody's just on their on the edge of their seats with regard to the riveting plot of Legend of Oasis, so I'm, I'm sorry. I'm deeply sorry. Not really. She says that she may have loved you once, but now she will gladly kill you, which is the first you've heard of it. Wait, what? And in the ending, it will be revealed that even though you kicked the crap out of her and her spirit was used for the revival of Agido, uh, somehow she came back and now Leon and she are a thing. Uh, I wish it was what? That life. <laughs> That's how it ends? That's not all of how it ends, but yeah. it also ends by saying that everybody in the land is ma- making sure to keep a good watch on the spirits because Agito will come back once again and we have to be ready. See, I, I knew you would want to hear that. This was clearly vital information. Clearly. Um, and then Aggie himself shows up. I know, I know you're shocked. Shocked. And and you fight him. And it, the fight is very different than the game than Beyond Oasis. So I'll give it that. Um, really, there's not much else I can talk about with the story, <laughs> except to say that each of the the villagers change what they say. Oh, I forgot. Your mentor he dies midway through. And eventually a big tombstone is built for him in the middle of the town because he was just such a nice guy. Oh, and a few of the villagers get kidnapped and you, I think, rescue them near the end of the game. I I think you rescue them because they say, oh, we're glad to see you, but they never leave the place where you put them. So <laughs> that, that could have been a programming oversight. I can't tell. Um, yeah, that's all. That's about all I can come up with for narrative. I think that's all there is, to be honest. But hey, that did take me a little longer than the narrative for Beyond Oasis. It's true. And okay, let's let's talk fighting. Sure. I I, I thought you would start because I've been talking. <laughs> time now. Um. So yeah, 
just trying to just trying to get my memory going. So it's pretty close to the original, right? I don't in remember a lot of respects, all, yeah. all that much different. But um The end the weapons are no longer Yeah. Breakable. That's, that's what I was gonna say. The weapons are no longer breakable, so you you get to use the other weapons a lot more because, you know, even if you have a lot of charges for the weapons in the original, it's always that case of, you know, you don't wanting... whip, you don't whip them out for grunts. Yeah, you want to save them for the right occasion, and generally speaking, the right occasion like uh, rarely comes. So you you have a lot of weapons just kind of sitting in your inventory a lot of the time. So it is nice to to get to switch up combat a bit by getting to use those weapons whenever. Um, and you've got the you got the dagger, you've got a sword. It's a big sword here. Yeah, really big sword. You've got the bow and arrow, and bombs are a little different here. They're they're kind of like I'd say it Zelda bombs because you've got a certain number of them at any time, and enemies drop bomb replenishments. Yeah, and I remember uh, one dungeon I was stuck in. I think a lot of the puzzles involved involved bombs, and I kept wasting them on things that didn't end up needing using bombs. <laughs> On and had to wander around trying to fill my stock. Um, and that's kind of the thing about this one is combats. I don't want to necessarily say de-emphasized, but uh, like puzzle solving and trying to figure out your way through dungeons is a much bigger element to this one. To the point that I never finished it. It is. Oh, and there's also the new rod weapon, which. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Well, each of them has a different special attack, which you do by. A fighting game motion, and you know they're pretty handy. Yeah, and like I said, it is fun to kind of switch between them, keep things fresh. And since this is a longer game, it definitely, it definitely needs a bit more variety. It is longer, but it's still not long by most standards. Uh, For sure. If you check around, you'll see that people can. Uh, there's some guy who wrote a fact for it and put his finishing time. Of course, since he wrote the fact, he knew how to do everything, and he finished it in a little under seven hours, but you're not going to make that your first time. No. Not a chance in heck. Um, and instead of the weapon durability, you have special things each weapon can do that do have charges. Like yes. the rod will shoot a globe across the screen that will instantly kill everything undead, because it sends their spirits up to heaven or something. <laughs> And that's actually pretty cool because you can't kill the ghosts any other way. They'll just you beat them up, they float around for a little while, and then they revive. Thanks a lot. <laughs> oh, those things are so annoying. And you can beat Ugh. up zombies, but it's just so much more effective to either have a freed along to burn them with fire, or to use the rod and send them all up to heaven in one shot. <laughs> um, the bow, let's see, you have a special attack that has dark affinity and that that's actually a weird point in this game that the the thorns which are the symbol of Agito you probably remember there's these evil looking plants that you can't summon Bawu from yes 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 they are de- they are destroyed by using the power of darkness which is confusing it is I run with it though you, you just summon shade and have them whack it a couple times bam they're dead get out of the way I think um, that's I think that's one of the things they may have been stuck on too could easily be. I vaguely I remember going back to it after a while and not being able to get by uh, some kind of weird plants. Which probably means that you had to get shade. Yep. Uh, I'm going to have to go back to the game now and see where check out my last save, see where I was stuck. Assuming, assuming my last save is still on the Saturn. Did you have it on the backup RAM or just on the system itself? 
you know, I don't rem- I I don't remember if my last save was uh, on the like the backup cart, so it may have been lost the last time I had to replace the battery. That battery, yeah. I I turned on my Saturn play this last weekend, and what do you know? It kept asking me every time I turned it on to set the date and time again. Oh. But hell, at least it does have built-in memory, which is more than we can say for the PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. That battery um, is, is not the easiest to find now, though. Now that uh, well, there are now that there aren't as many Radio Shacks, or did they did they actually close all those? I don't know. That's a... I don't think they've closed all Radio Shacks yet. No, I'll probably have. No, to... I'll yeah, them. I know they've closed a lot of them at least. Uh, but yeah, that's not a battery you're likely to find just going to like. Uh, the local supermarket or something like that. No, and I maybe I'd find it at Target. I have no idea. Never <laughs> looked for it at Target. <laughs> maybe like a Home Depot. I don't know if they have like. It doesn't strike me as a Home Depot like thing, but I, I just I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just know they probably sell like batteries and stuff, so maybe they have some of the more obscure ones. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, um, my. Hopefully my battery doesn't need replacement because I don't feel like <laughs> tracking one of those down. <laughs> Even if you do, it'll be cheap. You know that. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so combat. You've got, got your special charges. You've got a nice variety of enemies again. And this game, unfortunately, took the bait with something of the mid-90s that we don't necessarily want to be reminded of. Instead of making new sprites for different enemies, just blow up the sprites of the ones you already have. <laughs> Oh, well, hey, the Saturn's good at sprites. Why not use it to make your sprites big? (laughs) There comes a point when, Uh... as you see a sprite that's the size of about the entire screen and the pixels are visible, you may decide that was not a good idea. (laughs) The pixels are visible and it really does not look particularly good. (laughs) And Leon does it too. You'll find these things that make him grow or shrink for, I mean... It doesn't last long, maybe five, ten seconds, but hey, it's a giant Leon, and you can see all of his pixels, too. Yay, but not yay. Although the shrinking is kind of, it's not used very much, but there are a couple of tiny little rat holes that you can only get into while you're shrunken, and you find nice things in there. And a bunch of rats you have to kill, but that comes to terror. I speak from experience, I... Bao dug up a hole. I found some shrinking things. I went into the rat hole next to it, and what do you know? I found a couple of gems. Nice. Oh yeah, you, you get gems in this game that make your spirit stronger. And I got a good proportion of them, but I did not feel like going through the whole damn game and for one hundred percenting it. <laughs> yep. No. No achievements here to <laughs> to try and get you to do that. No. Although the fact does per- does post means of doing it, I just I was trying to get done in time for, to be ready to talk about this game tonight. And let's see the pixelization. We've got a score again. It's very much in keeping with the first game score. Atmospheric, high on soundscape, less on memorable uh, hooks that you can instantly recall, like a lot of other Yuzu Kusiro stuff. I don't think I can remember any of the music from this game, like any of it at all. I remember thinking that the final, the more or less final dungeon when you get there sounded appropriately ominous to start, and then I was in there for a couple of hours, and it stopped being as memorable. (laughs) Believe it or not, 
the final dungeon involves a whole lot of puzzle solving. <laughs> Shocking. But I'll but, say this, you, you rarely encounter the same situation, so that you're, you're going to be scratching your noggin a lot on the puzzles here. Yeah, and and it's not afraid, it's not like uh, some of the Zelda games where, hey, you've got this tool, and here's a dungeon that uses this tool, and then there's never any puzzles using it again. You're going to have to use all the spirits, pretty much all the spirits you have. You'll use some less often. Sure. Brass comes to mind. <laughs> Although there are times when you just don't want to have Ifrit out because you are fighting things made of fire, and when he hits them with fire, it does not help. Yeah. But I just remember it's like, um, you know, you're trying to figure out these puzzles, and it's the case in the first game where you have to track down sources to summon some of the spirits. But, you know, in addition to that, you have to find the right spirit for whatever, whatever puzzle you're trying to figure it out. figure out. So... Uh, whereas in the first game, it was more just, you know who you have to find, and it's just a matter of finding something to summon them from. Yeah, here, the spirits you already played in Beyond Oasis, they've had their abilities upgraded a little bit. You more or less know what they can do. Ditto, well, she can freeze things. Efreet, he can turn things to fire. Shade, well, he's got the power of darkness. And he, he won't even pull you across gaps anymore. That's weird. <laughs> Bawu, um, he eats things, he breaks up and cracks in the ground, and, you know, I guess it's... Actually, he is the only way to kill those armor rats, which you are impervious to everything else. <laughs> you have to summon him around you and have him eat them one by one. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Brass, he will break crystals. And Errol... Okay, Errol, you will be whipping out a lot once you finally get her. She's the last one because she's got the, she's the flying carpet. You can race across gaps with her. Yay! Take that platforming. Well, you got to be fast because you are slowly decreasing in altitude because you, Leon, <laughs> weigh so damn much that your spirit <laughs> can't support your weight at the same altitude. Take that. Uh, but yes, for each. You will need to be switching between spirits constantly in each room. You will... Each dungeon... I, I can't think of many rooms that don't have a puzzle in them. You're going to need to think about everything you're doing. Which makes it nice that there are, in fact, save points in the dungeons. Not many, yes. but they're there. <laughs> Always nice to find one, too. Especially when you're n nearing death. <laughs> yeah, because they change the items a bit here. You, you can't just collect healing items and fill up 16 slots with them anymore. You get one, and it kicks in when you when your HP is down, and then once that's gone, you die. Yep. Though if you can find Ditto, you should be okay. Yep. Still your best option for healing. And this game, unlike the Beyond, ends with a boss rush of sorts, where you fight the three servants of Agido, then you fight Mira, and then you fight Agido himself. And you can sure. save right before Agido, but not between any of the other four. And of course, that's if you're uh, smart enough to actually get to the end of the game, which I was not, apparently. Well, if you get there, I don't think you'll have a problem. Each of the bosses, I mean, Mira is a pain, but the ones leading up to her, provided you are aggressive and get in their face, and you might want to have Ditto, You'll take them. <laughs> yes, they have annoying patterns, but if you... This game uh, does not have you find hearts. You just rank up 
periodically whenever you reach your, reach full health again, and I was at rank something like 65. And it only gets to 2 HP each time, but it adds up. Yeah. Every little bit helps eventually. And each time you find a stone, a gem to increase spirit power, uh, it increases your SP, your MP. Again, that helps a lot. Oh, yeah. That's a lot so, more healing. <laughs> definitely. And the final boss is a turd. He will... He will summon a bunch of things at you, and you can actually summon each of your spirits from them. But that also means that you're getting sprayed by a variety of elemental things, and he moves pretty fast, and he's a jerk. (laughs) But I took him my first shot, so you probably can too. (laughs) I really need to finally finish this game. Come on, it gives you an excuse to whip out the Saturn again. Yeah, it's true. I've been meaning to do that as well. Because you know... This being a Saturn release, Sega is not putting it on anything else. <laughs> oh, oh, certainly not. And I mean, all the Saturn games we've actually gotten released somewhere, it's, it's like... Uh, yeah, Treasure and Knights, I think that's it. And Knights is a Sonic Team thing, maybe that had something to do with yeah. it. Yeah. Although Burning Rangers is not elsewhere, and that's another Sonic Team, I don't, I don't get it. At any rate, I... Anyone who has the ability to play Legend of Oasis, I think, should. For sure. Uh, I mean, Saturn emulation has improved. I don't it know. has. I don't. I don't think I've used it for this one ever. But uh, getting the game will cost you a little bit. Yeah. Good luck with that one. <laughs> Though not to the level of certain Saturn games. No, but it seems like all the Saturn games are just uh, going up in price. Especially as like collecting older video games has become more of a thing, the Saturn games in particular seem to be just going getting more expensive. I don't see that changing. No. Sega, this this console, unfortunately, especially the North American stuff, just didn't see a whole lot of prints. No. Except for crap nobody wants to play now, like Madden '97. <laughs> I'm sure somebody's going to tell me that Madden 97 is absolutely worth playing nowadays, especially on Saturn. And if you think that, go for you, go you, man. I I don't know about Madden 97, but man, NHL 97, because it still has the Whalers. That is the tops, I'm telling you. On Saturn? Yes. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's not because uh, 97 is the year they the last year they were here, so I, I may have 96, I don't remember. I have one of them, and it still has the Whalers, and, I, and it's the best NHL game. Although, if you find a Saturn sports game, you may be able to to pillage the case, because those things are hard to keep together now. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, they, they're kind of garbage, to be honest. <laughs> you, you're just saying that because they break so easily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so bad and so impractically si- who thought those up I don't understand well we can it's not the Saturn's fault it was just following on from the Sega CD cases which Ugh. I don't know why that was done those things have a lot of shelf space they're heavy They're the hinges in particular are fragile I don't get it but they looked cool once upon a time I guess that was the entire rationale Remember, this was the mid-90s. I guess that case just screamed out toot or something. And I'm sure there's a wiki entry on exactly why Sega used that model of case and 
Sony used it for a little while in the early years of the PlayStation 2. Maybe this is just the kind of case you get when you build them with blast processing. <laughs> Except, did the Sega CD have blast processing? Uh, I thought it was just the Genesis. Uh, well, I guess by virtue of just being the Genesis, it had blast processing, right? That's true. You can't play the Sega CD without having a Genesis. Yeah. I don't know about the Saturn, though. Who knows what's in that box? Not even sure. So sometimes I'm not even sure Sega knew what chips were in that thing. (laughs) It was was Frankenstein's monster. Here, we had a really strong 2D machine. Make it play 3D. No matter how hard it is to make it do that, do it. (laughs) Oh. oh, That box. At any rate, Phil, where are you? You need to be saved. From the Oasis. Yeah, I think you need... Weren't you going to talk about Defenders of Oasis here because you really liked that on Game Gear once? I'm telling you. You know, like, is that what it was called? Defenders of Oasis? It's not related to these games, but it is... Yeah, because when Mike Mike first said, hey, you know, uh, next show, something, something Oasis, my, uh, you know, I remember my my grandpa had given me a a Game Gear from his pawn shop. My, my grandpa used to uh, pawn shops in uh, Homestead. And uh, when I was, you know, I was like five or, no, ten at the time. When I was visiting, my eyes would always grow big because he'd have, like, Game Boys and Nintendo systems and stuff. But one day he gave me you know, a Game Gear with, with a handful of games. And one of them uh, was uh, Defenders of Oasis, uh, which was, uh, you know, just having the, you know, these handheld color games in your hand was just was just absolutely mind blowing and i had and how, to and how many double a batteries did you need to play it, through it on game gear it only took about 24 batteries to get through one one through <laughs> of defenders of oasis but it was so worth wow, you, it you must have finished it in less than 10 hours what was really funny was that it cost you more in batteries to beat defenders of oasis than the cartridge itself so <laughs> Yeah, that kind of puts in perspective. Yeah, you were always trying to plug that thing into a wall. I, I played a thing for years. Later on, uh, you know, I got a job at Taco Bell, and during my 15-minute break, she'd sit in the restaurant. I'd be sitting there with my Taco Bell outfit on, with my with my game gear plugged into the wall, because you don't want to run batteries on that thing, and uh, and I'd be playing Mortal Kombat on it and showing it to the other guys. They're like, oh, that's so cool. Of course, you know, now everyone's walking around, you know, playing color games on their cell phones. But, you know, back in the day, it was just such a rarity, but... Uh, yeah, it's a really cute little uh, RPG um, that uh, that is set in the whole Arabian uh, Nights deal. And in fact, I believe one of your characters is a is a genie. So um, that's about all I remember from it. So you'll have to go and check. But I, I, I had a lot. I recall having a lot of fun with doing it for quite some time. But anywho, we're going to take shall, a shall lit- we? Shall we? You haven't done the price wrap up for Beyonder Legend. Really? You haven't for 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 who? Beyond, beyond the oasis, beyond. No, we're gonna take a break. You, beyond the beyond, beyond the. Ooh, now there's a jewel. Okay, no, no, stop it, stop you it. Really need to research we're, how much that costs now. We're gonna take a break, and we'll, you know, we're we're gonna do a a, a little uh, blast from the recent past. Actually, that's what we're gonna do. Yeah, so hold on tight. We'll be right back.
name is Dark Souls 2, and I'm a certified G and a bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. And this right here, this is your carcass. It's lying dead on the ground, and you can't teach that. And that right there, that's your patience. They're completely out, and you can't teach that. Bada boom, realest game in the room. How you doing? And if you can't handle that, there's only one word to describe you, and we're going to spell it out for you. S-A-W-F-T. Soft. And I tell you what, <laughs> yes, boys and girls, that's another wrestling reference. And if you're the first person who tweets me the uh, the tag team that we're uh, that we're kind of riffing off there, then uh, there's a game in it for you. I'll have to go look through my GOG or my Steam gift list to find one for for you. Uh, maybe I'll do it before the end of the show so you know what you're gonna get. Anywho, that introduction was to introduce our blast from the recent past game, and it's kind of a it's kind of a good timing for this since I understand its sequel is uh, been recently released. But we're talking about Dark Souls 2, an action role-playing video game developed by From Software. Uh, this was released on the PlayStation 4, the PlayStation 3, the Xbox One, the Xbox 360, and of course, Microsoft Windows. Um, and um, published by Bandai Namco Entertainment. And this is an action RP experience that is going to kick your ass. Tell us about it, Mike. Uh, it's not going to kick your ass it's as gonna much kick as it. the original. It's going to oh, kick it. Okay, yeah. Totally kick it. Especially in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, 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 Dark Souls 2, what's it like? Is it awesome? Is it fun? It's, it's pretty awesome. I, I think I, I reviewed it. I gave it a pretty okay score. Does, does, does it want to kick your butt? It does, but you're going to have a lot of fun while it attempts to kick your butt. So tell us about it. What's the deep story? The deep story. I don't know. There's a thing, and you got to kill a thing, and kill a king to stop things and dark happenings. To be know, to be fair to Mr. Apps, this is a completely unfair <laughs> question because I have friends who have played through, you know, like these two games and Bloodborne and even uh, you know Demon Souls and stuff, and they still don't know the story. It, it's yeah. it's one of those things that's kind of like you gotta look for it and it's open to interpretation. That's my gist of it, anyways. From what I understand, you don't play these games for deep story. Yeah. So there, tell us about the atmosphere then. There's a lot of atmosphere. Isn't there some atmosphere? Yeah. So it, it's like your typical like fallen kingdom, and you're going through these different areas trying to figure out what happens. And what's nice about this game is uh, there's a lot of variety. Uh, not saying the original was lacking it, um, but kind of the way it was a better interconnected world meant that everything kind of had to fit together and it didn't necessarily leave a lot of room to make a lot of strange areas. Uh, but this one isn't like that. Uh, it's a bit more loose as far as uh, areas. Um, so it kind of instead of being like a large interconnected world, I, I think the best way to describe it would be there's kind of a number of strings of areas and kind of a linear path through them instead of a large interconnected world. Uh, those areas are interconnected, but the whole world isn't necessarily interconnected. Uh, but that means you've got, like, this weird sewer-type area that leads to a nightmare of a deep cave area where you fight a monster that's made of, like, corpses and is 
pretty horrifying. And then there's another part where you go to a dragon area, and there's, like, dragons constantly flying above you and occasionally dropping in and attempting to eat your face. <laughs> and there's another area where you... O- it... Only your face? No, pretty much the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't seem like dragons to be particularly picky about their menu. <laughs> Especially if they want to eat you. Yeah. And then, um, I'm trying to think what else here. You've got, there's like some weird castle or mansion, I don't really know what to call it, where you fight weird experiments that somebody was working on, uh, which leads to this whole weird backstory where um, the dragons you're fighting aren't actually dragons or something. It's very, there's a lot of very strange kind of plot elements to Dark Souls 2, as far as the backstory goes. Uh, like, uh, there's, so, after you go through the dragon area, there's this ancient dragon who kind of helps you, I forget exactly what item they give you, but if you kill that ancient dragon, because you can basically walk up and start attacking to it, it leaves behind a, dra- a, a giant soul, and not a dragon soul, which is interesting. Um, but, uh, uh, what's really nice about here, about this game, is it impl- improves on a lot of the mechanics of the original Dark Souls. Uh, kind of changes, uh, a lot of the weapons. Like, in the original, there'd be a lot of magic weapons and things like that, which were kind of cool, but the problem was, uh, regular weapons that weren't, like, enchanted would scale with your stats, so as you got further in the game and eventually new game pluses, uh, you know, scaling with your stats was a much bigger deal, and not having that on the enchanted weapons made them total garbage. So that's gone in this in this game, and in addition to that, you can actually add, choose the enchantments to put on your weapons. So there's, there's just like this whole uh, I don't necessarily want to call it customization, but uh, a lot more freedom in choosing the weaponry you want to be using. And um, the magic is expanded uh, more spells and I'd say a greater uh, number of spells. Like my playthrough, I played primarily with spells and was able to pretty much use almost only spells most of the game and not have to rely on weapons very much at all, which was sweet. Um, they added like dual wielding. Uh, I can't remember. Is that the way Max Storm prefers to play? Uh, I think so, at least in the first, because uh, magic. And the original Dark Souls could really made things a lot easier. Because uh, staying away from bad guys in that game, as it turns out, is a pretty good idea. Um, There's also a lot of boss variety in this game. and Just a uh, really, really fun game. And um, you know, obviously I gave it a 5 out of 5. But the interesting thing here is, I, looking back on it, I wish I could reverse switch the two scores I gave Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2. But not saying there's anything that's necessarily soured me on Dark Souls 2 because I played it not too long ago uh, when they released the PS4 update. Just, uh, the original is definitely overall a better package, but uh, as far as, you know, doing one playthrough for a review, I definitely enjoyed my initial playthrough of Dark Souls 2 more than I did my initial playthrough of Dark Souls 1. Um, there's, and there's a lot of secrets and a lot of stuff to do in the game. It's just, it's just good. You know, I don't, I, I, I could. So what probably... is so good about it? 
all I see, like I just I just shared this preview of the game with Mike Meeky, and it looks like it just wants to kick your butt. I mean, this guy must have died like fifteen times in two minutes. <laughs> well, it's it's just like the original, you know, death isn't really a big deal. It's more a learning experience. But then when you die, do you still lose some part of your health? Well, we know we know who doesn't learn anything. He occasionally tries to show up on our forums and tell us how wrong we are. <laughs> and we know we know that he does not like Souls games because they're they're perform all reviewers across the internet perform journalistic fellatio upon them. Apparently, that's what does that even mean? <laughs> I can no, you know I what? can make, it's just something he likes to say, and I probably shouldn't say his name. Anybody who listens to this and knows anything about RP Gamer can make an educated guess. Hmm. And uh, yeah, he's just as much of a jerk now as he always was. So. <laughs> Yay! Yay Question for mark. being a jerk. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, so uh, you do lose, un- unlike the uh, first Dark Souls, you do like kind of lose like chips of health as you die. Um, but all you have to do is use uh, you get a rings early on that negates a lot of that and uh, all you have to do is use the thing that turns you back into human form to reverse all that and you get plenty of those in this game more than the original so it it certainly is like a deterrent to um, uh, bashing your head against the same boss over and over and over again endlessly before realizing hey this isn't working maybe I should try something different Uh, so I'd say it's, it's it's a nice well not necessarily nice I shouldn't use the word nice. It's a good way to encourage the player to switch up their strategy strategy when they keep dying, I guess would be the best way to put it. Uh, but yeah, it's a good game. A lot of interestingly Wait. designed areas. Uh, Are you trying to say that there is more than one way to approach any given situation and perhaps dying a lot means that you should try something else? I am. Get out. That's just blasphemy right there. <laughs> Where where is this nonsense coming from? Clearly, if you're dying all over again, it's the fault of the Tiger. developers. <laughs> Clearly. <I'm sorry. laughs> well, th- that's just so stunningly obvious that I can't believe no one's ever thought of it before. <laughs> Clearly, you know, no one has ever actually beaten Dark Souls 2 because it's impossible, and there's no you know reasonable way to beat the game. Right. It's just it, too hard. Except that I did, so there. <laughs> wow, you cheated. <laughs> Uh, you, you must have found it and taken advantage of some kind of bug that the developers never intended you to use. Some That's cheating. the only way. Magic? You beat the game with magic? I did. I thought magic was weak in this game. Uh, no. Magic is the bomb. Ah, so you heard it here first, boys and girls. Go out and use magic and play Dark Souls. What What did you play it on? PS3. And did you ever try it on the the P the PC? No, um, I don't think it ran well on my computer. I played the PS the PS4 version, and I'd actually recommend the PS4 version over the original. They kind of uh, tweaked a few things that I think make it a little better. Cool. Let's. See. I was wondering if the graphics better on that, but I guess it would probably uh, be on par with the PS4. You would kind of get much yeah. better than that, I presume. I, 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 don't think it's like a huge upgrade, just slight, 
but you know, good enough. Now, now there's there's if you go on to Steam, there's Dark Souls Two, but there's a separate entity, Dark Souls Two Scholar of the First Sin, which costs ten dollars more. Would that include DLC? I imagine includes the DLC, and uh, that's the updated version they released on PS4 and uh, Xbox One. So that also has some other minor changes to it as well. So it is a slightly different version, and I don't know if there's like a graphical update on PC. I don't know if... I'm not really sure as far as the PC version goes, but there may be some... The graphics, uh, even on PC, may be better in that version. Not sure. Were you getting... um, Were you getting... uh, You know, this is uh, being an action, third-person, you know, RPG or whatever. How important are reflexes versus leveling up? Well, what I've always liked about the Dark Souls series is it kind of finds the perfect balance for those. Because really, when thinking of an action RPG, what it should be doing is finding a balance between uh, stats being important and reflex being important. Mm -hmm. And I think the Dark Souls series has always struck a really good balance there because you can, technically speaking... Uh, you know, have a naked character with like a dagger and go and beat the game at like level one. You can, you can do that if you're like super good. But at the same time, if you're also really bad, you kind of grind souls for a long time, level up a character extremely well, and you know, destroy everything in your path. So, and, and obviously, you can mix mix the the two and be very successful. So it really does a good job of making both important and kind of allowing the player to choose which they want to be the most important um, based on, I guess, whichever they're best at. Okay. Well, it sounds yeah. like Mikey likes it. And, there, I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, kind of min-maxing you can do with your gear. Uh, you know, looking at uh, how weapons scale with various stats and then kind of focusing on those stats to increase the power of whatever weapons you want to want to use and then you know when you change weapons with enchantment that can kind of alter what stats scale the damage for that weapon there's 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 a lot of a lot of things to toy with sweet yeah i feel like uh, my initial playthrough really just scratched the surface of a lot of the stuff you do in the game so much depth and so little time yeah and so i i'm assuming you would have thoughts with regard to this versus Bloodborne. Yeah, Bloodborne and I um, are still trying to come to an understanding. The Fair problem enough. With, the but... problem with Bloodborne is that I don't I don't want to say its combat is more one dimensional, but it focuses on it focuses on one type of combat, that being more close quarters combat, and and certainly does a much better job of it, but. Um, that's if you're someone who liked, say, me using magic in the Dark Souls games, uh, you're gonna have a bit of trouble, which I did, and I'm ashamed to admit I still have not finished Bloodborne. Well, you know what? That one's actually not being talked about on the on the blast from recent past tonight, so it's fine. <laughs> Good. So uh, hopefully, by the time it is, I will have finished it. And by that point, I'm sure you'll have lots of thoughts on Dark Souls 3. <laughs> oh, yes, because there is no doubt I will be playing through that right away. <laughs> well, okay, do we want to talk about anything else on the Blast list, or is that... When's, when's that coming out? Any uh, one Very week. soon. Yeah. Yeah, one week. 
Hmm. The same the same day as the new patch for Destiny. So I'm going to have a conflicted day. <laughs> the patch for Destiny. <laughs> oh gosh, let's see. On our list, we if only we had Adrian, he could talk about the Witch and the Hundred Knight, which I'm I know is so well received by everyone. Oh hey, I could talk about that because oh, I uh, I played the um, PS4 update briefly. Yeah, um, I'm assuming there's a reason you only played it briefly. <laughs> yeah, so you know I got a code for that so I could do some streaming of it, and both times I streamed it, I fell asleep while playing it. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's a special kind of game. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm not going to say I wasn't tired, but yeah, I, let's get I, this out of the way. Were you exhausted? What would have kept you awake at that point? I was not that exhausted, but I'm pretty sure, like, any mildly interesting game would have kept me awake at that point. Uh, Define mildly interesting. I mean, I didn't fall asleep playing Disgaea 5. There's that. Ooh, that's saying but, something. Or, or did I? I don't know. <laughs> or did I? I don't know, really. You fell asleep, but you forgot that you fell asleep. Trying to move that game from my memory. <laughs> Aw, uh, you're so mean to Disgaea 5. It was mean to me. You know, what did it ever do wrong to you? It was boring. It's misunderstood. It's not misunderstood. You know, you just it's an acquired taste. <laughs> okay, so Witch well, in the Hundred Night put you to sleep. What about Stealth Park to Stick of Truth? Eh, I haven't played it. Okay, fair enough. I, you know what, I should play it, and I intend to. But given the interesting times I can sometimes have on this machine, I'm not sure what will happen. Yeah. Well then, let us take another break. We'll come back and wrap this up with the final lap around the wrestling ring. final lap where we read your comments and do kitchen sink stuff and most importantly talk about wrestlemania but before we do that mr minky insists that we talk about the cartridge price for this game that is part of a five dollar collection on steam but of course minky understands that our readers demand the best they demand the original genesis brand new uncirculated shrink wrapped 100 limited edition which is going right now on ebay for 399 dollars and 99 cents buy it now do it uh, no there's a limited edition oh and of course it's the this is one of those late genesis releases so it's in the stupid cardboard box that 
is so easy to dent. Ugh. You know, Force Two. It, it, it's it, it says that it's uh you know it's 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 authentic, a game seal quality, authentic. I don't know. This guy's got like um a hundred percent positive feedback, so I don't think he's making it up. Now there's another guy selling a uh, you know one that's been opened, but it's been very well taken care of. Comes with the instruction book in the box. Uh, looks like from the picture they're in pretty good condition. That would be a hundred dollars. Um, and uh, got another guy here who's selling it in. I uh, can't quite make out this picture yet, but he's asking for seventy. eBay seems to be a little slow. There it goes. Eh, it looks a little bit more worn. Not not terribly so, but you can tell it's it's been around the block a few times. So that's about seventy bucks. And what about the legend of Oasis? You know, that's a legend in and of itself. And uh, it's 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 legendary. Because that one goes for the low, low price of only $3. Where are you that looking? Can't, that, can't, <laughs> that can't be right. I, You know what? That's that. Check it out. You got the case. You got the instruction book. You know, it's the original. You know? And you got everything you need to enjoy the legend of oasis for your sega saturn it's just missing the disc <laughs> that's that, is, that, is, isn't that the most important part no no because you're a collector it's gonna sit on your it's just gonna sit on yourself in the case anyways so spare yourself a few bucks and just get the one without the disc inside and when people come uh, and see your wait. huge collection does that come in the saturn case which is uh notoriously easy to break and yeah you might, in fact and there's not even a crack in this thing. I mean, you're getting a lot for your three dollars. So does I'm thinking. Does that count shipping? That can't count shipping. Uh, let's see here. So, uh, the shipping is three more dollars. So there you go. Yeah, that's still that's that's pretty cheap. Now, if you're going to be one of those stick in the muds who absolutely insist on getting the game as well, there's oh, a guy. I see what you're looking at. This is an auction, Phil. That's not a buy it now. I didn't say it was buy it now. I never said it was buy it now. I just said it's at three dollars. It has almost five days left to go, and the auction is currently at three dollars. That's gonna go up. Now we have the Legend of Oasis game disc only, and that one is a buy it now at forty dollars. So you grab yourself the game for forty bucks, you grab yourself the the, the case for three bucks, and you're all set. What about this Legend of Oasis custom art insert plus case? No game for seven bucks. I, I really like what I put on the tail. Don't ask me to do this, Minky, if you're going to backseat drive. Okay? <laughs> it's just really, really rude. And and, and just All for right. that, Apps and I are going to add in five more extra minutes of wrestling talk. So there. <laughs> Mike's like, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. going to talk five more minutes about movies today. Um, yeah. <laughs> I got a list. <sighs> but we should we should do the RP Gamer stuff first. So, RP Gamer. Uh, yeah. Uh, first of all, we should tell you what we're going to do next, right? Because that's what we do on the final lap. We talk about what we're going to do next. Good, yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. We're going to talk about Yakuza, number three, four, and the unnumbered fifth game, Dead Souls. We that's, talk... because the, that's because it's a spinoff. Yeah. Well, the, we... There is a fifth game, yeah, number well, we... five. Number five, <laughs> yep. Oh, there's a fifth. There is a Yakuza. That's right. There is. Oh. And there's a zero coming soon. But they because... all look like action RPGs to me. Why is Dead Souls a spinoff? Um, zombies. Oh, zombies. Zombies makes the difference. Okay. Well, yeah, that, that's where the Dead Souls comes from. Ah, uh, isn't 
it you mentioned that there were zombies in the Oasis so, games. So let me did. get this straight. I, have, have, I know I don't think Miki's played a whole lot of Yakuza uh, apps. Have you? No. I, you know, I'll ask Scott. Uh, I'll ask Scott when he's on. So let me get this straight. Yakuza games, from the reviews I've read, from the screenshots I've looked at, they all look like action RPGs, including Dead Souls. Like you said, Dead Souls. But the one differentiating factor, it seems, is that Dead Souls has zombie so just because it has a different monster type it has to be a completely side series right but final fantasy 15 which is a completely different genre of rpg no that's gotta be a proper okay no i'm sorry all right put the bitterness in the back table take a deep breath can't be sour can't be sour all right moving on is that your inhaler phil (laughs) yeah just take a deep breath Breathing in positivity, breathing out negativity. All right. Uh, the Phil, power of positivity. Phil, put it this way. Power of positivity. Well, how long has it been since we had a numbered single-player Final Fantasy? It's been a while. <laughs> a numbered single-player Final Fantasy. Well, Lightning Returns, right? That that's, was part of the thir- that's the 13 subseries. <laughs> it was It was, It was. was single-player. It had a it, number on it. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't even... Yeah, which you have to look hard for because they stupidly put Lightning Returns at the title, so you can't find it when you search for games under F now. Thank you, Square Enix. That helps so much. Uh... Alphabetical searching exists for a reason, people. Do none of you understand how the library cataloging system works? Do we decimal? I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. So, you know, it's fine. I, did, I, I play devil's advocate a lot. That's just that's just how I'm wired. But, you know, as much as I bash Square for what I feel is a complete debacle with their with their Final Fantasy brand. It's, they're like WWE. They just, they just lost their identity. They just lost their brand. Their brand recognition is going down the tubes. Uh, but, 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 you know, somebody was going on and on uh, on a YouTube video. It's, uh, it was actually because I'm subscribed to Legendary Zoltan. Right, he does. He he's done. A, he's done a little side thing for us before, uh, way back in the day. And you know, on RP Gamer's uh, RPG Cast, uh, he'll he'll do some comments and stuff on there as well. So he's one of our frequent members. I don't know if he was the one in the podcast or if he was simply posting it through his account. But they were going on about how you know new games don't really you know they're not awesome anymore they don't capture the essence of rpgs and they're all you know basically my grief towards final fantasy 15 is like they're painting with this broad brush and i said eh, you know especially on square enix and i said let's be fair square enix is giving us uh oh left my mind 3ds rpg help me out here miki bravely bravely default and bravely second Yes, which is feels to me like a spiritual successor to Final Fantasy V. Why in the hell I can't just have a high resolution of that on my PlayStation Four and uh, and call it Final Fantasy fourteen and fifteen? I have no idea because they really are fun games. Uh, but whatevs. <sighs> all right, all right. This is back, back to positivity. Back to positivity. All right. So uh, Yakuza, come back for Yakuza with Scott and 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 Marshmallow and and stuff. What's that? And Sam. And Sam Marshmallow. Uh, right. So that'll be next week. You know, over at RP Gamer, we have lots and lots of really great reviews and editorials, uh, retro reviews that you won't see anywhere else. Uh, so you want to go and check those out. We recently got a review of Fire Emblem Fates Birthright on there. And you want to go check that by Zach Wellhouse. It's really awesome because all of our um, reviewers play the games completely all the way through. So you are getting uh, a full review and not an impression of a game that someone played for only a dozen hours and then 
writes it and calls it a review. I think it's just absolutely heretical. Um, we've also got Salt, a review of Salt and Sanctuary, which uh, is that an indie one? Looks Somewhat. kind of indie-ish. Looks kind of cool. It's something of a Metroidvania with a Souls feel, from what I understand. Ah. 2D, but with a, an emphasis on punishing you a few stupid things. Yep, and and this is this is kind of one of the cool things, uh, you know, about uh, about our site is that we do highlight uh, some of these indie efforts that uh, you know indies indies have become pretty pretty big over the last few years, and most gaming review sites have tried uh, uh, done a pretty decent job of picking up on some of the bigger titles, uh, indie titles. But Salt Sanctuary, I have to say, this is the first time I've seen a review on it, so either we're really fast or these other guys have just let it slip underneath their radar. But you'll want to check that out, and that's by Pascal Takea. That must be a new reviewer. What's uh, what's the uh boy we've also got uh coda princess coming to steam which was on the 3ds so that's super interesting i, I kind of like the 3d effect on that one but uh, you know it works without it uh and we have i'm looking for did, no i thought did we do did we ever do a review mike on um stardew valley don't remember let me check yeah, oh, and hey there's there's news that uh coda princess is on steam now yeah, I said that. It's cool. You have to blast it past it real fast. Huh? I said it's there. You don't listen to me anymore, Mike. What's happened to us? We just talk past each other. Sorry, man. <laughs> he's he's pre-zoning you out uh, uh, ahead of the wrestling talk. Ahead of the wrestling Yeah. <laughs> please. We, do, we do not seem to have a Stardew Valley review. Ah, okay. I think that would be something we would cover only because it's, it's really done in the vein of... Um, Harvest Moon, and we do kind of cover those games, um, but I guess that uh, probably means we have to ask Sam to play it. Yeah, Sam needs to play it. <laughs> uh, so my my wife is playing Stardew Valley, and uh, now she's yelling, "Do not play it!" But I think it's because she realizes it's slowly but surely sucking the soul out of her as she has been playing it nonstop now for two days. It looks really cute from where I'm sitting. Hmm. Anywho. Uh, seems to be doing. Uh, she seems to be having a lot of fun with it, no, except except for the fishing. She doesn't like the fishing, but there's a ton of activities to do in the game. Uh, we'll talk more about that later. But uh, let's see. But yeah, check it all out at rpgamer.com. And we also have these really cool forums where you can leave your comments. And we had some comments on our last episode, The Elder Dead Sea Scrolls. It was episode number one sixty three, where we talked about Morrowind. And you know, it's, it was interesting because uh, you were on that show, right, Apps? No. Now, who was on that show last week? Mike? Scott. Scott. Oh, right, Scott. It was kind of interesting. Remember, remember this is this is the least worst of the Elder Scrolls games. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Scott always has such a, a fun twist on things. The, you know, Scott and I, for the most part, I think we were somewhere between okay and negative on the game. Like, I mean, Morrowind, in some people's eyes, it, it, I mean, it got great reviews, and there's still people today, I mean, that just absolutely praise the game if you bring it up in conversation, because I do bring it up in conversation. Uh, and, and some people just absolutely love it, and some people like Scott were like, meh? And, you know, saw a lot of problems with it and don't feel like it, it really uh, it holds its replayability very well over the years. But um, it is interesting on the forums that that diversity was pretty well captured in the few posts that we had. Uh, we had a couple of posts there by um, uh, I, I can't pronounce his name. Budai. Uh, Budai. Booty. Booty-os. Budai. Budio cereal. New. Day rocks. New. I'm sorry. Okay. See. 
come on you have to admit the big huge box of cereal falling over was awesome it was amazing mind like okay okay wait, wait focus focus all right so uh, no, it's, it's okay xavier woods plays rpgs he has played the final fantasy victory theme yeah on his trombone so he, yeah new day is relevant they are very relevant, and relevant they they came RPGs. out looking like Dragon Ball Z when was it Xavier had his hair out <laughs> like like the main character. I don't watch Dragon Ball Z, but uh, anywho, um, uh, but yeah. Um, oh, then I should go off on Dragon Ball Z stuff. <laughs> yeah, there you go, there you go. You you need to go and watch the New Day segment. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. Just put in Budio Serial WrestleMania. I'm pretty sure it pulls right up. I showed it to somebody earlier today at work. It was just freaking hilarious. And then you could see their Super Saiyan outfits. And also play Dragon Ball Xenoverse. That game is fun. Yeah. Um, shoot. Uh, so, uh, uh, Bude says, I love the setting of Morrowind. It was unique and strange from top to bottom. It felt like a detailed alien world, which I, I would agree that was the way I felt when I first uh, stepped into it. Uh, Muthrin says, I tried so many times to get through the game from the original Xbox to the Game of the Year version and eventually on the PC with a copy of the strategy guide found on eBay. The same problems always crept up. Swinging and missing so many times made combat tedious. Maybe that gets better as your combat skill increases, but I never played long enough to find out. Trying run, try, uh, tying? <laughs> trying running to the stamina gauge makes sense from a gameplay perspective, but forces you to walk to your destination unless you drain your stamina prior to battle. Uh, I think what we used to talk about is that if you run, your stamina gauge goes down, which you might be tempted to do uh, when you're getting from point A to point B because this place is huge, but then you're ill-prepared to take on battle when you have no stamina. Uh, the biggest issue for me was always the complete lack of direction. I can respect that some people prefer that, but there is just something about having a cursor always pointing to my next destination that keeps me focused and always working towards a goal. For me, at least Oblivion fixed everything. I did not like about Morrowind, which is which is really funny because I've I've heard the opposite that Oblivion was the was the big step to you know um, making the game too easy, watering it down for the new uh, generation of gamers. You might so, say it was the Oblivion of the series. <laughs> it blew it to Oblivion, uh, so it's it's pretty interesting. At least well, it did. Well, we know Scott does not agree. At least, at least it didn't move it to a completely different subgenre and still call it Elder Scrolls Four. Okay, wait, now stop it. Calm down, Phil. Calm down. It's not worth it. It's Don't worth open it. that door, Phil. Don't do it. Just hold back the rage. Hold it back. All right. Whew. Good thing I'm not drinking. Uh, I used up all my Devastator on WrestleMania. Uh, okay, I took pictures for Twitter. Uh, but speaking of, you can follow us twitter.com forward slash JC Servant. Uh, Mike Minky is Jume Sin, that's S Y N. And uh, Mr. Apps is Ask Wheels. And that's where you can also send all of your. Comp- Holy cow! <laughs> wow, look at this picture, guys. Wow, this is the kind of RPG all guys can get behind. Uh, copy image address. I was just. I, I flipped back to my Defenders of Oasis search. Uh, something about Defenders of Oasis 3DS. Is that true? Is Defenders of Oasis probably a port of it? Um, a port of the I think, Genesis I game? I think it is on the 3DS eShop now. Oh, yeah, that might be worth me picking up just for old times nostalgia's sake. That's one of the very few games I don't really... I don't keep. I never kept my Game Gear. It just went through batteries too damn fast. And a wow, portable system. That, sis- that a- lady is not dressed for sand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... Shoot, yeah, you're supposed to cover up your skin in the desert. No dehydration, all that. Anywho, uh, we digress once again. Uh, what else are we going to talk about? Our ne- we talked about the next show. We talked about the last show. We read comments. Um, all right, I guess we can go ahead and do the old uh, roundtable. 
And uh, we'll go ahead and let Mike talk first because it'd be kind of torturous to sandwich him in us or something. <laughs> be really kind of unfair. Go ahead, okay. Mike. <clears throat> I've been playing several things recently. In addition to Beyond and Legend of Oasis, astonishingly enough. How do you fit uh, it in? Actually, since neither of those games is very long, that it does work. But Mac got me my first Vita game, Stranger of Sword City. Oh, you got and, a Vita? When did you get a Vita? Uh, a couple months ago. Apparently, Chris and Anna made me a gift of it. That, that oh, was, that was that's nice. very oh, nice of them. Nice. That's very nice. I, I kind of wish Stranger of Sword City was better. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't so nice. I, I'm I'm so sorry. I absolutely refused to touch that game. <laughs> I, yeah, if you just look but at it, it looks glance, pretty. You might say, yes, the the artwork is nice. It doesn't yeah, move look much, at his but it's screenshots. Nice. I mean, hey, is this one of those dungeon crawlers? Is like the other ones I'm playing on my Vita. It is a dungeon crawler. Demon Gaze? Like, is this from the makers of Demon Gaze? It could be a Demon Gaze ripoff. I'm pretty sure it's from the same developer. Oh, yeah, Demon Gaze comes up as a related search. Yeah, how bad can this game be? Look at how pretty it is. Isn't it cute? Um, Maybe my problem is that I've played enough Etrian Odysseys to know how really good dungeon crawling can be, (laughs) and this isn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, let's try this. Don't you just love wandering around in a dungeon where you need to get into fights, and um, once you get into a few mandatory fights, you don't get into it anymore? Oh, no. (laughs) That sounds like fun. So so you just keep wandering back and forth until you finally stumble upon a fight, and then you find out, oh, nobody bothered to balance this dungeon. See, I was wiping the floor with these enemies, (laughs) but now they're, they're double the usual level, and they're taking forever to kill because they keep healing themselves or bringing their friends in, and... Oh, isn't that nice? They dogpiled on one of my characters and killed that character in one turn. <laughs> and of course, you, d- you don't have any revival. You have to go back to town, drop that dead character off at the hospital, and then wait in-game time, which translates to, I don't know, a dozen battles or so before that character can rejoin you. <laughs> and then uh, you have life points. And if you use up all your life points, the character is dead forever. Gone. Completely. Nice. But you can no, you you can recharge your life points, and here's how. You stay in the hospital a lot longer than just waking up from the dead. Oh no, you get to wait seven, eight times longer until you can use that character. Isn't that awesome? That sounds awesome. Oh, and if the character dies forever, you, you lose everything that character got equipped. Because why would you want that back? And you barely get any money. You get to do this thing called ambushing in certain spots where you just get to hide and wait for an enemy to come along and if you don't take out the leader among that enemy, because of course it's always an enemy group then you don't get the item that's why you want to hide in the first place because you can get, you'll get items and of course you make so little money that you need these items but oh, if you if you wasted your time, then good for you, and you get to you get to select from the enemies that pop up because you know some of them might be really strong and wipe, and wipe the floor with you even before they run away and then you give you, you game over. Fun. Uh, and I'm no longer sorry I passed on this game. <laughs> I just I can't imagine why. Well, it's 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 full of all this old school school goodness. What isn't to love? Um, let's see Everything. here. I have been wandering around. You get access to three dungeons simultaneously, and I suppose it, it says that there's a difficulty curve, and I really can't find it except for the part where some jerk was shooting me with an arrow from across a pit, and by the time I got over there and killed him, uh, I was almost dead. But it's 
Let's see here. Oh, yeah, there's this great feature, actually. This is really nice. This is a wonderful innovation. Instead of watching each action take place very slowly, because, of course, this is the kind of game where everybody misses a lot, and I mean a lot, you can ha- you can hit fast apply, where your all of the actions for the turn will be carried out in a split second. And then if you wonder, wait, what happened? Who just died? What happened here? You have to hit select and bring back the combat register to see what just held just happened. Or you can rapidly click the X button to f- to sift through it all. Isn't that a great medium? Wow. Uh, and uh, wow, I think I almost pre-ordered this game. <laughs> Damn, that would have been a mistake. Yeah, you know, Phil, it's um, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of something nice to say about it. Well, Phil, there is a, a Demon Gaze too that will probably come <laughs> over here at some point. Phew, dang. Uh, yeah, and um, I know that I am very, very far from the end. It's uh, yeah. Uh, so aside from Stranger of Sword City, Beyond Oasis, Legend of Oasis. I played a little more of Borderlands, the pre-sequel. Is it awesome? I, I continue to enjoy it very much. It's it's a little floatier in space because you're on a moon, so the gravity is weird. But um, honestly, once I finally figured out how to get to a certain... It was Zarpadon's Lost Log, and getting to that thing took me so long to figure out. But oh. it unlocked an achievement. That was cool. Uh, and I also started playing something that I don't think I should dignify with a name yet. I had to get in touch with tech support to even get the stupid thing to start on my computer. And it plays, for the most part, just like a certain game that both of you remember me having horrible, horrible issues with because the name is there, too. It's in that inexplicably successful series from our such good friends at... Well, it's a bre- its initials are IF. That that. Really are you playing an Agrest War game? <laughs> you had to say it. Uh, I, 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 why I, the inhumanity? Why? I, I'm just shocked that you would put yourself through that again. Uh, that really just says a lot about where I am in life lately. Where the idea of taking on Agrest is actually welcome distraction from certain things, uh. because because I can vent my frustrations on the game instead of slamming my head into the wall. Uh, although I may end up doing that because, what do you know? It plays like an agorist game. Who would have seen this coming? Um, <coughs> you know, you know, Ideas Factory, Idea Factory's better games are on Steam. Like, you could be playing Fairy Fencer F. That's that's a fun game. Yeah, well, I know another, another Idea Factory game that's on there, and one will not tell me to play. MS. Uh, no, 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 no. Because, of course, here, I will bring up the Steam page. Because what does it say? What is the first thing in recent news about Agorist Zero? No, no. La, on, la, 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 uh, October 22nd, la, la. it said this <laughs> MS is out now. Features a free roaming battle map, turn based combat, and massive amounts of customization and growth to maximize the fun players can have with the game. Isn't that an accurate summation of MS? Isn't it? Only if played when horribly drunk. In which uh, case, you won't remember a thing. Thanks, uh, thankfully, I, I somehow have avoided anyone gifting me that game on Steam. 
Because if it ever happens, I will be like honored bound to actually play it at least for a little bit. And you can send that gift code to askwheels no, at no, twitter.com. No, no, no. Don't do it. You know, given how easy it is to purchase games on Steam, I'm somehow amazed. Actually, I'm not amazed at all because I was listening to you. I have not purchased MS. I'm not going to. Smart. Uh, that, I think that finishes everything I've been playing recently, which leaves me with. Um, I watched. Oh, yes, The Stupids. I watched The Stupids over the weekend. And stupids, was, which had a movie poster. Tom Arnold is stupid. <laughs> wow, that doesn't that doesn't sound like it should even sell. Uh, it's based on a kids book series, and I mean books for little kids. Uh, you know the kind of things that you can read in two minutes. So of course you want to make a movie out of that. Well, yeah. And I'll say this: I did laugh at a couple of things in it. That's less than two percent of the movie, but it's there. I mean, the, the idea of Stanley Stupid being so stupid that he thinks when he works at the post office, everything going return to sender is this gigantic conspiracy. Who is this sender, and why does he keep getting all of this mail? Why does he keep getting it? <laughs> Let alone coming up with a, a flat, an imaginative sequence showing how Stanley Stupid sees the world. And yes, there is this evil... Mr. Sender, played by Christopher Lee, cackling at his collection of mail and gloating over the fact that one thinks to pay attention to one treasure that they never pay, that they would never notice go missing. They're garbage! (laughs) Because that's how the movie starts, with the stupids wondering, it happened again! Someone took our garbage when we left it outside! Who keeps doing this? That, that's the symbol, that's symptomatic of the movie level, I think. So if you find that idea funny, you may find the money. If you don't, you're in for rough sailing. Uh, speaking of Christopher Lee, I watched a couple of Hammer Draculas, including one where Dracula stabs someone feverishly because Dracula stabbing people is why you watch Dracula movie. But he's got teeth for that. Why does he need to stab people? Because he had a dagger and he was just really mad at that woman, so he decided <laughs> to stab her a lot, I guess. I don't know. Seems a little then, fishy to me. And then Dracula is defeated by... He's holding uh, what looks like an iron beam, and a bolt of lightning comes down and sets him on fire. Ooh. And, he, and he falls off of his castle while still on fire. Uh, as 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 would it, you would expect this of Dracula, of course. He would definitely be set on fire by a bolt of lightning. That's not random at all. Hmm. Okay, that's probably enough for me. Yeah, it'll seem right. Maybe I'm just too old-fashioned. Well, that movie is from 1970, so it's kind of old-fashioned, too, but the next one was Dracula, A.D. 1972, where he wakes up in swinging 70s London. 70s swinging London. I, I think Hammer was starting to have some weird ideas at that point. Sounds like it. Anyway, that, that, that probably should be enough for me, because we are getting kind of late now. So, Mr. Epps, what did you do this weekend? Oh, let's see. Let me think. Um... Played some Lego Batman. Ooh, fun. Uh, played some Fire Emblem. Watched nice. WrestleMania. WrestleMania! <laughs> Why do we do this to ourselves? Uh, we know rest- Vince is going to let us down. Yeah, but wrestling is still like this weird, fascinating thing that's, even when it's at its worst, it's impossible to ignore. Because what else? what else out there is... What else is there out there where the fans and the crowd is such a big part of uh, 
you know how the show goes. It is super interactive. Yeah, yeah, like like I mean, as the show's going on, I've got my iPad open just to watch the Twitter feeds hashtag WrestleMania and the comments, both from people in the audience uh, who are tweeting on their phones and the people watching the show. You know, everyone's got an opinion. But some interesting observations as well, like when when uh, I don't know if I'm destroying some illusion here for you, but when Shane jumped off, what was it? Um, oh no, no, let's go back a couple of shows where um, uh, Triple H was coming out and beating the crap out of Roman Reigns, and he's beating yeah. his head into the thing, and it comes up and it's all bloodied, right? Now it's so bright red, and there's so much of it, you know, it's fake blood, right? But um, uh, what's really cool, somebody tweeted. who was sitting in the audience they saw brian saxton slip him the fake blood (laughs) and they took a picture of it and tweeted it you know a little a little video or twitch whatever they call it snapchat it or whatever um what was funny about that raw too is that uh triple h the heel was getting cheered while destroying the quote-unquote face <laughs> nobody i like if if every if nobody consists of the people in dallas nobody wanted roman reigns to actually win that even though he's standing up against the evil authority it, it gets opened up with stephanie mcmahon introducing triple h like he is the most evil ruler of the underworld that is here to suck your soul and make you lick the poo off the bottom of his boots <laughs> and people were cheering it because yeah. they really didn't want roman reigns just it's just hilarious it, it yeah, was just... it's, yeah it, it's interesting you know the crowd can make or break someone and you know sometimes if you know someone's good enough you can push them and the crowd will accept them and you know it works out well because some people just have that natural talent like uh you know when they're pushing likes people i'm trying to think of a good example of this uh like randy orton uh who you know, was like this third generation star that they obviously wanted to push, but it worked because he's good and he has talent. Um, but sometimes when they try and do that, you know, the fans are having none of it because, you know, they know the kind of power they have. And when they. Well, take a look at a couple of years ago. So, this a really good example of that would be um, at Royal Rumble, uh, Batista showed up as a surprise entrance. He run the rumble, which means he's going to fight the champion at WrestleMania, and people are are like immediately begin booing him. Yeah. Boo, and he got he was being called Bootista, and the 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 rage, the outpour was so loud that their WrestleMania plans they had to switch it up to where Daniel Bryan would get involved in the mix, and he would eventually win the belt. And that and- that was clearly not their original plan. Yeah, and, and the interesting thing there is uh, it actually resulted in, like, probably one of, if not the best WrestleMania of all time. Yeah, it was a really – and that's where – I mean, that's where it's so interactive. You don't get that level of interactivity with, uh, you know, a drama on Netflix or anything along those lines. Uh, certainly, they, they can read the fan comments, but they've got that sh- that whole season already done. It's in the can, and, yeah. uh, and, and I, I really doubt that the fans really get a lot of it 
um, input on the creative process anyways. They probably got the next season halfway written. Yeah. Um, and they're not reading all those comments, but dang, WWE has to pay attention. <laughs> those tweets are going on real time. And everything they do is under a microscope. It's live, right? I yeah. mean, everything is live. That's the other cool thing. It's live entertainment. As it's being, you know, broadcast, it's it's going on in real time. So anything that happens, happens. If, if, if they mess up a move or somebody gets hurt, or whatever they just got to work through it oh it was really funny last so the, the, the raw after wrestlemania there's that's always very exciting as well because they wrap up uh you know some of the storylines from wrestlemania they start brand new storylines it's always something you look forward to uh, and um uh so they were i remember the the announcer chick was calling out um you know um i, I forget exactly which match this was i want to say it was the ic the intercontinental i want to say where they, they, she was announcing let's say it was zach Ryder, yeah. and she was like defending his champion it's like they cut her audio off because <laughs> that was supposed to be a surprise that was going to evolve as part of the story later on and she was already letting the cat out of the bag whoops. and whoops miscommunication they cut her off in mid-sentence and the announcers quickly covered up for her and said wow she's so excited you know everyone's so excited about zach Ryder getting the, the title you know even her microphone's cutting out or something you know? <laughs> I, they bumble through some of this stuff and it's hilarious uh when they're when they're clearly trying hard to cover up for uh, a mistake yeah but, it's it's interesting how some of the best wrestlers can like turn little mistakes and just make it seem like oh you know they intended to do that uh yeah, yeah yeah it's and it's like my wife my wife plays the harp on the on the side and her teacher would often explain to her that you know you're dealing with all these moving pedals and the pedals to, to change the notes um not petals with a t but with the, and, and then you're you know you got all your fingers going doing all these chords and stuff she says everybody makes mistakes everybody but the good harpist yeah. knows how to flow with them and cover them up and make them as part of the song and and so yeah, when you got good wrestlers in there, you you hardly even notice the mistakes because they just flow right through them. Yeah. So you know what you know what's kind of interesting is uh, apparently uh, they're trained that if there's ever like an accidental uh, like three count for a pinfall that wasn't supposed to be the result, they're kind of supposed to just go with it. So I'm kind of wondering if there's any instances where that's actually happened <laughs> and kind of had to deal with that. I, I almost felt like there, there was the there was the episode of Brock Lesnar and um, uh, Dean Ambrose. It was supposed to be it was the um, street battle, all weapons and everything like that. And uh, I, you know, I kind of expected more from that match. It, it, yeah. it was a little on the short side. Uh, there wasn't enough weapons. There wasn't enough weapon shots. Uh, you know, at the end, Ambrose got f would into the chairs. And I always, I did kind of wonder in the back of my head, was that one of those things where maybe he should have got up and it should have gone on a little bit longer? and uh, Or, you know, maybe he just <laughs> laid down a little too long because he's done? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Or he couldn't well, get up after being F5'd on the metal chairs. Yeah. Well, they they probably just cut that one a little short because, you know, I, the show went really late to begin with. Oh, my with, gosh, so. yeah. It was, it was going, I feel bad for the people in the stadium. It was my understanding they were already having a tough time getting in because of some uh, electrical issues. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. I and, guess that's a, a benefit have, of having your own network now. You can be like, you know, we're going to go till the show's done. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're like, it's our network. <laughs> we run in overtime. Who cares? Yeah. That, that was, that was, that was pretty funny. Um, shoot. So what was your favorite match? 
Um, even though I hated the result, I'd probably have to go with the ladder match because there were just so many cool spots. I mean, any anytime you have Sami Zayn in a match, especially involving ladders, you know you're going to have a good time. He 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 ran. He the, the half the people were outside the ring. There was a ladder set up inside the ring. He yeah. Superman flies through the air, through the underneath the ladder without hitting the supporting beam or anything like that, over the ropes or through the ropes, I don't remember, and nails the, you know, the half dozen or so guys that were outside the ring. Yeah. Just insane. Just I was insane. Like, I was just walking back from the bathroom as that happened, so I missed it. Oh, you had to go back and watch it in slow motion. Yeah, yeah Zane is just is just incredible. I remember it was one of my earliest NXT experiences where I saw, you know, he had knocked somebody out of the ring. He gets out on the opposite side and he's kinda of like sneaking. He's got his head bobbing up. He's looking at his victim on the on the other side of the ring, and they're both outside, but he's on the north side, and the other person's on the south side. And then he comes running along the west side, and before he makes it around that final corner, instead he jumps up, leaps through you know, both the west and the south ropes. It just goes through them Superman style, grabs the guy, the opponent, by uh, by his neck with his legs and does like a smooth somersault, whatever the hell is, hand plants himself and does a head takedown. It was just like, it's crazy. holy crap, these people, especially on NXT, are just absolutely amazing. Uh, they really put it all out there. So yeah. I, I just- thought... Just wait till you see his match from NXT takeover, NXT takeover from with the uh, new guy from Japan Nakamura. Oh. It's it's uh, yeah, it's something else. the The crowd was chanting "Holy shit!" after their entrances. <laughs> well, so, uh, like, like the energy for that match from the crowd is just. Oh, the entrances are something else. Outside of New Days in their bootios, there's not too many like them on the main roster. Yeah. <laughs> Bootio cereal box. So, so they made me crack up. So you have the, the group, the, the uh, you guys got to go and watch this. So we won't explain whatever group is, but there's the New Day and they're just, they're, they're just really campy. They're super nerdy, super campy. And yeah. they have, they kept mentioning and they do these comedy skits and they would mention, make sure you kids eat your bootio cereal because it it makes you not booty, you know, whatever the hell that means. It's funny as hell. And then the, the last uh, speed bump or road bump, whatever that special event they did was called, pit stop, whatever. That the, the only part of that that particular little uh, I don't even say it was a pay per view, but that special event that I liked was the New Day coming out, and they had they had they they had uh, released the box. They had made up a bootio cereal box. <laughs> and on the side of it, if you Google this out, the Budio cereal box, you can actually see they have nutrition stats on the side. <laughs> and it says like positivity, 100%, you know, negativity, 0%. It, it's just hilarious. It, it's just, it's just, it, it, it's just funny as hell. And then for, for WrestleMania, they had a 20 foot Budio cereal box. That spilled over, cereal poured out, and like the little toys that are inside a box of cereal, these guys come dancing out dressed as Dragon Ball Z characters. It's yes. just that is if, just insane. If you are a nerd, this is the wrestling team for you. Yeah, they're just they're just hilarious. Yeah. They're just like so. What, one of the guys, Xavier Woods, even has a YouTube channel where he posts a lot of videos of him like playing video games with a lot of the WWE wrestlers. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And um, 
you know, I I don't really when I'm watching television, I'm usually doing something else, and I don't laugh a whole lot. Like I don't, you know, it could be a comedy on, and I and I'm just like, eh, yeah, it's entertaining, but I don't laugh. But those guys make me laugh. I'm like laughing. And Shirley's like, what is so funny over there? I'm like, it's Bootio cereal. How can you not like Bootio cereal? It's a crowd chanting for a trombone. Yeah. Has that ever happened? And Xavier, who has the trombone, sometimes will play the Final Fantasy fanfare song on yep. the trombone, which only nerds would get. Only yep. nerds. Everybody else just thinks he's blowing some little tune, some little ditty. Uh, it was just too funny. Uh, I I really enjoyed the uh, the women's matches. the The women's match there. Uh, the, the all three women were recent. Bring uh, uh, ladies who were brought up from NXT. You, you know, you had uh, um, Charlotte, and you had uh, Becky Lynch, and you had um, uh, the boss Sasha Banks, who whose entrance was done by no other than Snoop Dogg rapping his own version of her theme song. Uh, incredible, just absolutely yeah. entertaining. The the entrances were definitely uh, up to snuff for this WrestleMania. But uh, finally, uh, the time and like the uh, the pomp and circumstance that uh, you know women's wrestling really has needed for a long time. No, it's it's absolutely true. They gave him a new belt. It's no longer called Divas. It's the Women's Championship. It looks very similar to the men's belt. It's like saying, yeah, we're going to start giving these ladies the same respect we give to the men's matches and probably need to give them more because, honestly, I swear they wrestled better than 90% of the men did that night. That, that was probably the best match of the night. I just the, 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 <laughs> Go back and look at it. Yeah, yeah, just it, a lot of great moves. Yeah, like there was one – they had one little mess up in the beginning and then from there it was just intense and really good. Uh, is it uh, Charlotte who did the moon somersault off the top rope? Yeah. To the two other ladies at the at the bottom, it was just insane. Uh, moon salts like that are crazy because you know you look at it and they have to do it without looking behind them, so they have to basically take it in faith that those people are in the right spot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not just somersaulting backwards into, into nothing. Yeah. It's just, it, that's some of that wrestling logic as far as why would you do a move that in all likelihood hurt you more than the recipients, especially if they just decide to move a few steps over out of the way. Uh, yeah. But that's wrestling logic for you. It's just like yeah. video game logic. Why do you, uh, you know, uh, why, why does resting it in cure all your wounds? Don't question it. It's just fun. Yeah, um, exactly. So uh, it was just it was just really really great great match. Um, and it's probably the the best match of the evening for me, anyways. Um, and I'm glad that they changed the belt and that they're changing their their attitude towards uh, towards women wrestling overall. Because when they come out acting like cats and their wrestling matches, like the previous one, some of the older. Uh, rostered ladies, their idea of a wrestling match is two girls kind of grabbing each other's hair and shaking it and beating it on the mat and pin slapping. It was really funny. I was talking to a friend who hasn't watched wrestling in like five or ten years. He's like, oh, women's wrestling? That's where they beat each other up with pillows. Because that's what they used to do. Yeah, uh, You see, really, you, th- you think it's sexist now, you should go back and look at the archives. It gets, it gets pretty brutal. Um, but now they're really uh, working hard to recognize those ladies. And uh, I think they were the, – the NXT match between uh, Sasha Banks and uh, Bailey was oh, yeah. voted by many um, WWE fans as the match of the year. That match was incredible. Incredible. Which you can go back and watch for the low price of nine ninety nine a month as they keep reminding you. <laughs> yeah. 
And you should still watch uh, women's wrestling on NXT. They have this Japanese lady there. Uh, uh, Asuka? As- 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 Asuka, yeah. Uh, I-, I think it's pronounced a little differently. Like, you look at it and you think it's pronounced one way, and then it's pronounced a little differently. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's, it's like, like most Japanese words that I can't pronounce. Yeah. It's like Asuka? A- it's like Asuka. Yeah, I think that's it. Like I think that's it, yeah. Mike. Yeah. yeah. I think you got it better. But uh, yeah, I remember. Well, I remember when they introduced her, and she kind of came out and did her little signing. And then the other ladies, two other ladies like Emma, you know, evil, you know, the the heel ladies, come out and you know yell and scream at her and slap her a little bit and say, "Get out of our ring!" And she gets out like she's some sort of victim. Like everyone's like, "Boo!" But then she turns around, with this creepy smile on her face, like <laughs> like you, you guys ain't seen the last of me. And uh, it was a really creepy smile. And then next week, uh, the the general manager, uh, Regal Williams, says to Emma, he's like, you know, I don't appreciate you coming in there. It's very disrespectful. So uh, guess what? You get to fight her next week. And Emma's like, so? This is this is my ring. I'm going to kick her ass. He's like, well, before you, before you give this too much thought, I want you to watch this video. And uh, he shows the video. And all, you can't see it, but all you hear is just like, oh, yeah, hi, yeah. And uh, Emma's face turns from haughty to apathy to, oh, my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? Or it wasn't Emma, it was her partner. But whatever. It was it was just it was just funny. And then, yeah, the next match ended up being like a squish match of Asuka or whatever her name is. Uh, just completely karate. Asuka. 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 There you go. Asuka. Yeah. Uh, just totally going into Asuka mode and kicking her ass. But yeah, they definitely got some, they definitely missed some marks. They, they missed some moves and they certainly, uh, Vince is just absolutely hell bent on shoving Roman Reigns as the champion down everyone's throat as a good cha- as a, as a face champion, instead of maybe the heel champion that he needs to be, uh, which would be very much what the rock did when people kept booing him as a good guy. Uh, the rock with the rock as a heel. <laughs> hilarious yeah so much better i mean imagine if roman even if roman just came out and just said i mean he's got to have some negative feelings about so many people booing him after i mean and he's put in the time he's put in the blood the sweat the tears he's been working on his mic skills they still suck he's trying (laughs) he's trying what was it what was it the other day he was making fun of the league of new nations and uh kept making fun of their uh their their nuts calling them potatoes and and tater tot tater tots and he just wouldn't let it go like the first time it was kind of funny the second time yeah the fourth time it's really old let it go let it go you know just uh, yeah don't give that guy a microphone just he should just come out all pissed at everybody for booing him and just go into heel mode and and become brock lesnar's sidekick or something i don't know they should just what they should do is just reform the shield which would require Ambrose turning heel, which is fine, and just have him like angry and just have them coming out and destroying everyone and it'd be great. Except it would kind of make people cheer him again and kind of defeat the purpose. But whatever, it'd be something different than what they're doing now. <sighs> so, uh, anyways, I, I I still I enjoyed I I enjoyed it overall uh, for the most part. How about you, Mike? Yeah, I said it was fun. Just it was it was weird because it'd be all you know, I'd be enjoying a match and then the ending and it'd be like, Oh, I don't know why they did that. <laughs> yeah, well like Taker versus Shane. I kept expecting so so Shane McMahon, if he wins, he gets control of Raw, which everybody wants because Raw's been boring for well over a year now. 
the the whole stupid authority storyline is boring. The matches are boring. You know, the the show goes on way too long. Too much talking. It goes on and on. So people are ready for change. Absolutely ready for change. And Shane McMahon represented that change. That's what people want. On the other hand, you got Undertaker, and then they put in the stipulation that if Undertaker loses, his career is over. At least his WrestleMania career is over, which nobody wants either. People love Undertaker, so it's like. Who am I supposed to cheer for? So I keep expecting some some Deus Ex Machina, you know, authority stepping in and say, please don't hurt my son. This was stupid of me. You know, Undertaker, you know, you win, but, you know, I'll give Shane what he – something, something. You know, you just – Something, yeah. Something, steam coming in and and sucking Undertaker underneath the mat. I don't know. Something. And uh, and it never happened. And then when when Shane got cleanly pinned uh, after his really awesome dive off the hell the the the, the hell in a cell cage, I, I I was just like, that's it. I kept waiting. One, two. I'm like, here it comes something's big. The lights are going to go out. The wides are going for something. Three. It's over. And I'm just like, what? That that's it? Really? So Shane Shane's not going to be in control. Of, so the whole this whole thing was pointless. Yeah. There's you a got lot people hype. You got a lot of hype. You got people all excited. You built up for five weeks for no reason. It's same thing with with with. Uh, you know, I kept after the surprise last year of uh, with Brock Lesnar going against um, Roman Reigns, who, who I thought was actually a pretty decent match. Uh, but that ending with with Rollins running in with the cash and the money in the bank and stuff. Uh, you know, that was just like, wow, you walked out of there, even though he's a heel and stuff. It was like, that was an awesome ending. Did not see that coming. Uh, that was a great way to give fans another answer to what they didn't want, um, you know, which yeah. was Roman Reigns. That was great. I was expecting yeah. something like that. What was what was great about that, too, is that allowed them to take the title off of Brock with Brock without Brock actually being pinned. Yeah. So you still have like this. You, you maintain like this monster image for Brock. And, but can take the title off of him because you know obviously you don't really want that on the part-time guy. No, it was it's a brilliant move, and, and, and unfortunately we didn't get a brilliant move on the, the ending of this one. It was just watching Roman Reigns win after spearing Stephanie yeah. <laughs> uh, in her dominatrix outfit, no less. Uh, that was pretty funny. Honestly, the whole angle has kind of felt like who who is the good guy and who's the who's bad, bad guy here yeah. because. They kind of booked it in this whole, like, you know, Roman fighting back against the authority, but it honestly started off without the authority really doing anything to Roman. And you talk about, we talk about how the audience involves in whatever have you. I mean, the fact that the audience was working so hard against that, even with them playing with the audio to try to mute the audience, it was clear who the audience was rooting for and wasn't, and was booing for. And even if for some reason you were buying into this, if you were if you were really rooting for Roman Reigns yourself, because I do have a couple of friends who like Roman, it was just completely taking you out of the moment. There was just yeah. no way you could buy into that match as a story because the the audience was completely on the other side, yeah. and, and, and that's huge. And that's what they can do if they don't like your storyline, they can ruin it. They can <laughs> ruin it. A bunch of people booing was supposed to be a big moment. Uh, yeah. That's, and they can make it too. Like I didn't know who Daniel Bryan was when I first, you know, joined in. I had just, I had just joined WWE Network when he had done his whole sit in on Raw thing, and and I didn't understand what all the hype was about. But on WrestleMania, the way they were cheering him through, you know, really sold that story of him being the underdog, you know, fighting for, you know, against the authority for victory. You walked out of that. Yeah. I worked out of that feeling good, even though I had no idea who the hell he was. So. Oh, 
even look at something like uh, Enzo and Cass debuting on Raw, you know, you got so many NXT fans there, you know, people that don't watch NXT uh, can kind of get get an idea for who they are just because of the energy from the crowd it makes that debut huge. Uh you know, I, th- I think the same thing for AJ Styles. Like, if you didn't know who AJ Styles was when he debuted at the Royal Rumble, you immediately got the idea that this guy's a big deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, audience buy-in. Very important, guys, there yeah. at WWE. Vince. <laughs> it's like, oh, they'll buy it. They'll like it. <laughs> Damn it. They'll like Roman Reigns. <laughs> Uh, the comparison my friends always like to make is uh, that episode of The Simpsons where uh, Skinner's like, he's like, oh, am I out of touch? Or is it the children? He's like, no, it's the children. It's the children. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that audience is out of touch. <laughs> That's their problem, not mine. Uh, yeah. So, anywho, um, uh, yeah, and a couple of cool surprises on the raw afterwards, so. It's it's interesting. I, I, you know, I was kind of like, I don't know if I was going to keep subscribing or not. That's what I was like. But I'll I'll make my decision after I catch up on NXT because I stopped. uh, I stopped back in November-ish because I want to, you know, catch up on uh, Raw and everything before WrestleMania and and get through the Royal Rumble and stuff. So I need to go back and catch up on NXT. But yeah, I mean, that's a NXT really has been uh, up to this point for me, anyways, a huge check mark in the keep it column. Because oh, yeah. uh, it's just been, it's just so much fun. The story's so well told. You actually care about the characters. You actually, you know, feel feel yourself tearing up a bit when certain people win or lose. Um, that's involvement. Finn, Finn Balor. Yeah. Best entrance in wrestling. Oh my gosh! Just just Google up. Just Google it up on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Finn Balor's entrance, demon entrance. Just ah, uh, awesome stuff. Ah, <sighs> anywho, we should probably get going. Uh, yeah. I haven't played uh, two minutes myself. Been kind of busy homework. Um, weren't you playing some? Weren't you playing some pirates and attempting to record it recently? Or was... Yeah, I'm, do, I'm still working on my my series, uh, the Gamer's Experience, where uh, where I've been going through my favorite PC games, the games that left uh, an impression, a mem- you know, a strong experience <laughs> uh, on me, and um, I'm up to pirates which is a third game in my chronological list from oldest to newest. And I had, uh, I, I did it. You know, I thought it was going okay and it looked okay on the, on the recorder. Cause I got it out on the second monitor. Uh, but when I went back and actually played it before uploading it to YouTube, it did was, uh, there was some issues. Uh, apparently the new pirates and by the new one, I mean the one that was like in 2002 ish, three ish, something like that. Sid Meier's pirates. Uh, that one, uh, when it's in full screen mode, doesn't seem to play well with the video recording software, OG, whatever that I'm using. That generally works pretty well. It's forced into a full screen resolution maximum of like 12, whatever that is, 12 by 960, 1200 by 960 or something around there. And it just doesn't play well in the sandbox. So I, I got to play around with the settings some more, see if I can get a better uh, recording on that. Not to mention, it, it's really something else. I usually will play these games a few hours just to freshen myself on the controls because some of these games I haven't played in years and remind myself what the mechanics are and the such so that when I do the playthrough for an hour or so, it's you know it's it's supposed to be an organic playthrough, but it's also supposed to be somewhat tight and without you know lots of wasted time because I'm just trying to figure out what I'm doing. And it's really funny, both on the silent – when I did the last show on silent service, I died on easy twice. 
and it kind of like sucks all the air out of the video. It's like, oh, I, di- I died. I went ahead and uploaded it. I wasn't going to do silent service again. But uh, I want to make sure I do right. So Pirates, sure enough, I died three times. <laughs> so it's just like, hell. Okay, I'm going to just – between that and the video issues, I'm like, okay, I'm going to scratch. I'm going to do it over again. I'm playing it. You know, so I played it some more that night without recording. And I didn't die. And I'm taking over cities and enemy vessels. It really is a fun game. And it's got a lot of RPG elements, even if it's not officially recognized as an RPG. It definitely is open world. There's definitely a lot of decisions. Uh, you do what the hell you kind of want to do. It's like Grand Theft um, Ships um, instead of Grand Theft Auto. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's definitely open world before you know Grand Theft Auto. Uh, and the the newer remake uh, is is especially uh, playable even today. So uh, ten or so years later, I even fired up my PSP one. I bought it on the PSP. I saw it in like a bin for like five bucks or less, and I never really sat down and gave it a chance on the PSP because I play the computer version. I even popped that in. That, that plays pretty okay, um, considering it's on the PSP and it's a huge open world game. Uh, it's actually pretty decent. So uh, yeah, hopefully I'll get that video done uh, this weekend and uh, get that up because it doesn't take very long I mean, if I'm just playing the game anyways it's not that hard just hit the record button and talk while I'm doing and then, uh, popping it up on YouTube takes uh, time for the thing to compress but I can do other stuff while doing that so hmm. yay 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 Alrighty, well, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap this up and remind you that RPG Backcheck is a production of RPGamer.com you're home for news, reviews and home to the best RP gaming community on the net Check out everything, our reviews, our huge backlog of of podcasts and library or whatever, plus lots of other podcasts, including like Q&A Quest and RPG Cast, and oh, there's just a whole bunch of them. You can check it all over at rpgamer.com, a site by gamers for gamers. And and leave us some comments over at our forums at forums.rpgamer.com. Like I said, you can shoot us off um, some um, tweets. Oh, I didn't even look. I forgot to totally forgot to look up a game uh, that I'm gonna give away. Oh well, I guess you get surprised <laughs> if you uh, answer my uh, my challenge from earlier at the beginning of the um, blast from the recent past segment. And I think that's about it, Mister Mickey. You want to put us to bed? I would do that by trying to summon something from the bed, but I don't think a bed spirit would help anybody at this point. Good night.
when it seems everything's wrong and the pressure is on, that's when it's time to be strong. Just look in the mirror and wipe your face. Step up to the plate, cause it's time to be great. So come on and embrace the new day. Come on and live life a new way. Don't stop till you reach the top. And while I'm haters keep hating, you'll be winning a race. Stop. 